Punchline, switch over to side B. <laughs> Welcome. One or not. Do you remember when that was a thing? Do you remember tapes? I remember tapes. Um I love tapes. I love cassette tapes. I love I love bulky physical media. I was watching um an episode of the X-Files yesterday in which the MacGuffin was a bunch of government data encoded onto a DAT tape. A DAT God tape. God hell yes. <laughs> what the f- you know, a big chunky cassette tape, which you slot into your computer, into your big chunky computer. That sh- watching that show is like, oh, it's nineteen ninety six, and everything <laughs> is square. That's true. I but I love I love bulky physical media. I really do. There's something about it. We've we've just finished in our Doctor Who marathon watching the Horns of Nymon. Uh, it's weird because yes. now it looks like oh, it looks like a big old chunky computer stack, like you know, a tall tower yeah, about eight yeah, feet tall, yeah. and yet. Year of broadcast, that episode was going out like the tail end of seventy nine. That was probably a state of the art computer. So what they it were... was clearly a it was clearly a prime computer, <laughs> clever prime. So what they were doing, <laughs> what they were doing there was going, hey, look what we've managed to get for this shot. And in reality, yeah. it, it, it's over time, of course, has made it look like oh, the Nymon's terrifying computer <laughs> is just an old computer block from the That's offices the... of the eighties. That's the chip that runs my washing machine. <laughs> That's what that is. That's what that is, son. How many um, Nymon have you seen today? Because I can answer that question for the first time in years. I, I've i not seen any Nymon. Oh, it's good. I've seen... Th- there are no Nymon. I've seen one. How many? Three! Soul Deed <laughs> is so good. Soul Deed is so, so good. Um, but it's also weird because we're now we're now looking at this as the last story of our season review because we're now going to record the season seventeen review, and then our second ever bonus video is what we're making next, which will be Sharda because we're going to do it will be what sorry Sharda because we're going to do the uh, which of the seventeen versions are you going to do? We're going to do two of them. We're going to do the nineteen nineties video recon with with Tom narrating it and that infamous beginning. That's the one I had when the one I am most familiar with. Me too. And then we're going to crack open some I bought a year ago and we're going to crack open the animated version and watch that. Oh! I've mentally prepared Lucy slightly by going, so here's a little thing for you to just note. This story's like infamous. Like people uh, like are fascinated by its existence because it was unfinished, but so much of it was shot. And, and it, it's a... It's a a partially dug out Douglas Adams script, but it's whilst he was editor, so it's very him. And yeah. everyone seeks it out. They seek it here. They seek it there. They've been there've been numerous interpretations, like two novelizations, uh, an audio adaptation with Paul McGann in it. There's been so many different takes on it. But what you need to know is, it's kind of boring. I quite like it, but it's kind of boring. <laughs> like I like I like the Crotons. It's boring. <laughs> Like is... I like the crotons in soup. <laughs> That's the wrong kind of croton. Which you would know if you were a regular listener to this, the Big Damn Cast. Hi, everybody. What? I am Chris. How many nine months have you seen today, Johnson? I am Skagra. <laughs> is that your name now? 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's my name now. Can I be Scarath of the Jaggeroth? Uh, Scarath, last of the Jaggeroth. Last of the Jaggeroth. Well, that depends on if his plan will succeed, dear heart. Just going to sell a few more Mona Lisas. <laughs> We're all quids in. <laughs> I love City of Death. Um, Can I be Duggan? Absolutely. Absolutely, you could be Duggan. Best one-off character in years. Oh He's my so god, good. He's great. Just blunders into stuff, and that ends up being his greatest strength by the end of the story. It's like, yeah. yes! Him punching first and asking questions later actually saves the day, and the Doctor's like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I can't okay, argue with that. that worked out. <laughs> you saved the day. I feel like <laughs> I feel like the Doctor wasn't really there for that adventure. It was just like, they were just on holiday, and then it's like, oh, I'm oh, just going to let everyone else deal with this, and... <laughs> Uh, oh it worked out it's the, great it's the only time i've never hated them uh, production just showing off the fact they're filming on location because you could yeah. trim about 20 minutes out of the entirety of city of death of just cutting down you? the scenes of tom and lala running around paris but exactly why would you because it, it, in that wanky tv way it's only there because they want to pad out time and show off that they're using um a license fee money to film abroad yeah. and look it was worth it for all this but it's also really pointless, and yet it's weirdly delightful. It's like a living screensaver. Every now and again, the Ain't story nothing weird just about it. It's just delightful. <laughs> well, what else is delightful, folks, is nerdy news and geeky gossip, which we normally talk about. That feels like a wrong thing to say nowadays, because we are like, what, eight weeks into everything being a complete void of news, where the majority of news is, this has been put back, and that's <laughs> been put back. Last week was the most exciting thing ever for popular culture and uh, news, Simply because it was, oh, these two companies are going to war. <laughs> like, this yeah. is going to be interesting. And then all of a sudden, everything went quiet again. But well, we've not heard the last from the cinemas, Christopher. Oh God, no! There'll be there'll be plenty. We ran a poll on our I've Twitter, got... seeing what our listeners just thought. Like, what what do you guys think is going to happen? Cinemas going to stick around? Is it going to? Is the medium going to change? And the overwhelming majority said cinemas will still be around. So I've got cinema news this week. What? I've got cinema news right now. Would you like me to hit you with some cinema, cinema news? Ha- slap me with some cinnamon and cinema news. Variety reporting. You're thinking about cinnamon now, today. Hmm. <laughs> I've not had a cinnamon swirl for so long. Oh. Um. Oh. Cinnamon roll uh uk cinemas proposing late june reopening to the government i uh, 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 what uh, what but the world's not ready for it yet so why why you uk exhibitors this is from variety uk exhibitors are presenting evidence to the government yeah that would allow them to safely reopen doors by the end of dune cool june oh all right so not by the end of, not dune of denny, not by the end of denny villeneuve's, uh, denny villeneuve's dune, dune. Uh, <laughs> could you imagine if that was the scope of like, of like the window of opportunity so what's gonna happen right is uh, we're gonna start playing dune and as soon as it finishes the doors will open um, the ribbons will be okay. snipped it's... by oversized scissors it's seven years long. Um, <laughs> Phil Clapp. The unfortunately named Phil Clapp. That's two Ps. Oh, thank God for him. Chief executive of the UK Cinema Association told Variety... What, shall I, what voice shall I do for Phil Clapp? Um, we've, ma- we've made representations to government on the safeguards which UK cinemas would look to have in place for audiences and staff alike upon reopening and have asked that consideration be given with these in mind to allow cinemas to open by end of June. Okay, so what they've presented is here is how we would go about running our business 
should yeah. we reopen at the end of June? And they're doing I that don't... from a really wishful mm. place. I honestly don't see... I honestly don't see how cinemas could just... could even consider reopening at this point. Because... We're living in a country that has the second highest death toll worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think any business thinking of reopening right now is still thinking too soon. Way too soon. We are not ready for it. Cinemas least of all. Public exhibition centres. And if they're the first place that grandly reopens beyond like food emporiums, people are going to flock to the cinema. They won't care what's it. They could fill every screen with bloodshot and people will be there. Because they'll just want to be in in a cinema and socialize yeah. that way. Now maybe they've got guidelines. Maybe it's like two seats apart for everybody, so you could say like in a, you know, you're only going to get like a third. Yeah, well, good of any fucking look. In. But exactly, good luck getting that. Sorted. I was in Tesco today, and good fucking luck getting someone to follow an arrow. Oh Jesus! You and arrows your arrows on the floor, arrows on the side of the aisle. They can't do it. They cannot do it. <laughs> so good luck getting them to go to a cinema. You talk to about a cinema where you'll give someone a seat. And you'll ask them if they want to buy... You want to buy the premier seat in, which is a bullshit thing, I know, but... Yeah. It's the best view, it's like, is oh, it? Oh, no. And then it's they'll go the in, right. and then they'll they'll sit in the premier seats. Yeah. And they'll go, oh, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. It's like, you you know where you're not sat. You know where you're not uh. sat. <laughs> and you got someone... Co- you know, because you, know you got someone coming in who's actually sat. paid... <laughs> You got someone coming in who's actually paid the extra for the fancy seats and like, I want to sit in my fancy seats. No, you can't sit in your fancy seats because I'm sitting in them. I haven't paid for them, but I've just sat in them. Good luck getting those cunts to sit two seats apart or three seats apart, however many it'll be. Like, it's just, it's not doable. I mean, last month, um, View were talking about they wanted to get open by mid-July. Yeah. Um, That's a little more realistic as of a month ago. A month ago, that was a pretty realistic and, like, considerated, you know, considerate window. Yeah. Not so much by today's standard, like, you know, delay that shiz. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, but apparently cinemas in the Czech Republic and Norway have started talking about reopening. But I just can't see how, with things the way they are, mm. how... Anyone can go. I mean, I know why they're doing it. They're doing it because they're doing it because they're going under and they need money. Don't get me wrong; I understand the need to kickstart the economy, but people are going to die. Yeah, that's the thing. People are going to die if you do this. It's it's upsetting and it's annoying and it's you know it's intimidating, but it is for everyone. And the moment these businesses realise that, like you know, that's the key thing. That's what everyone's fussed about: staying alive and preventing further death. And to open those businesses, which are about getting crowds together that have not enough staff to deal with two or three twats sitting in the wrong seats as it is, never mind monitoring an entire screen. Like it's it's just it's going to be a cause for trouble. Yeah. Develop a driving movie system. Do that. Develop a driving movie system where we all tune in from our radios and no one gets out of the car and they pay through bloody contactless. Like, do that. Everyone Fine. does drive ins. <laughs> Everyone does drive-ins. Bam, 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 bam. Like that, to me... That'd be pretty cool. It's like, a, gonna if lie. you're going to do it, do it like that. Th- that It was like that in America, just before America started to go into lockdown. Like, drive-ins that had become a bit more trendy, but more common, especially on the West Coast, yeah, uh, were booming, because people were like, I'm worried about this upcoming possible lockdown. We want to see this film here. 
you tune in on your radio you don't have to contact be in contact with anyone like go to the if you've got a decent bladder go to the bathroom before before you go and go when you get home and you'll be fine or bring a couple of solo cups with yeah, you yeah a couple of solos um, and a funnel but the problem there is they were shut down within about a week after the cinemas closed yeah. down because of course the majority of them were taking cash money which is cash another money. thing that can spread it cuz you know, it's people rubbing up against money, touching it, coughing on it, spitting on it, breathing near it, piddling with it. Putting it in their cracks. Putting it, um, putting it in their uh, piss-filled solo cups. You know, you, you can't you I can't be too it, careful. Man. But you know, if you introduced exclusively contactless at these places, sure, great. Like, that'd work fine. But then it's about policing as well. Like, if someone comes in, you can't kick them out because you can't physically handle them. You don't understand, <sighs> Christopher. They are taking away our freedom <laughs> by telling us to not go out in Matt, public and catch a virus that can kill you. Who's, who's they? Them. Because it isn't any Western government it's, because it's every Western libs. government has yet to... No Western government has yet to use the word lockdown in any of its announcements because they want to be like, I mean, if you want to stay open, that's fine. Stay open because then we don't no, have to No, we have. Then we our, have. Then our powerful used... friends don't have to pay insurance. We have. We've had an official lockdown orders now. Has the word lockdown been used? Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. I'm, I'm currently avoiding yeah. the news for like three day periods at a time, if I can help it. Yeah, it's, we've been we've been in, <laughs> we've officially been in in lockdown, to using that terminology. Oh, about um, five weeks now, isn't it? For, since March 23rd, I want to say. Yeah. The date was in the last article I had open, but I've closed it now. Good. Because I brought up the next news article. Oh my giddy aunt. Um... Is it that the lockdown Which, is over? <laughs> no. Ah, well, that's it for this week's episode, folk. We'll it's it's something infinitely worse. Oh. Um, Chris, remember Bright? <laughs> Do you mean the touch of sunlight on my skin in the outside world? No, because I, I remember that. I mean, I mean the movie directed by um, uh, Hack David Ayer. And written by creepy, entitled a Hollywood uh, shit kid, um, Captain Predator, Max Landis. Yeah, yeah, Captain Predator. Who opened? Who opened um, a, a, a screenwriting course over Instagram about two yeah. minutes ago and did it yeah. not under his because, name, and everyone immediately found it and shat all over it. Because let's not, let us not forget that that Bright was his Star Wars. Oh, that will never, um, that will never not be the funniest thing ever written. Oh my god, <laughs> that tweet aged badly, man. <laughs> oh, uh, it's so bad. Um, well, looks like we're still gonna get a, a sequel. Yeah, Netflix announced that not too long after the initial um, the initial release of the first one. Like mostly yeah. because its numbers were gangbusters so they were like this is happening we are definitely making another one but that was not reflective of the reviews to bright you saw bright I, you suffered through i did bright. see bright i did suffer bright you stuck bright in your eyes <sighs> remind remind people what what the basic plot of bright was just in case they they have purged it from their mind whole you know that you know that disney movie onward yeah it's like that, but stupider and racist. Yeah, and somehow, because of a line of improv, somehow Shrek exists in that universe. Yeah, yeah. Somehow. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's what if what if all the fantasy races still existed in modern day? Then they wouldn't be racist between white people and black people. There'd be racism between humans and uh, magic humans and orcs and, oh. and elves and uh, look, all the orcs are coded black. Yes. So oh god. I guess all the, oh. I guess orcs are black people. It's Jeez. not it's not great. It's not a good look. But they're doing another one. Um Evan uh, Spiliotopoulos, I think. And and T. S. Nolan. Yeah. So one guy gets like a really long name and one guy just gets initials. <laughs> um they are replacing uh Max Landis. Ayer is returning as producer and also co-writing. Yeah, because Max Landis was signed on to write the sequel and then Netflix or someone from Netflix announced that no, we've we've let him go from that contract. Uh, someone someone read Twitter and uh, yeah. someone someone looked at anything he's ever done outside of his writing career and gone, This guy's a monster and then they look back over oh. the majority of his writing career, specifically screenwriting, and went he also can't write. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's, again, it's again, one of them. Again, it was just like, so we don't sound reactionary. Chronicle is a really good movie. I really like the American Alien comic book. I thought American Ultra was pretty fun. And there endeth the comparisons. It's one of them. It's like, oh, he's got promised the next one's going to be the big one. He's got promised the next one's going to be yeah. the big one. And it just kept going like that. And then it just didn't materialize. Yeah. He like, also he also oh. has ruined um, uh, my favorite ever, Best of the Worst, by being in it. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, we lost the how many laptops and uh, clips because uh, Red Light, right, Red Light Media. Channels. Red Light Media made the decision to go. Yeah, we're going to take these videos down. <laughs> like we don't want, are, we don't want are... his face on our channel. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, but they'll settle for Macaulay Culkin. Um, Macaulay Culkin's great. Nothing, God damn it. There's nothing wrong with Macaulay Culkin. His face is just upsetting. Um, <laughs> because he looks so young and so old at the same time uh drugs are a hell of a thing uh, drugs, so... drugs are a hell of a drug <laughs> um fuck me what are we talking about so yes in talks to direct is fresh off i say fresh it's been fucking ages for him no doubt fresh off dark crystal age of resistance uh louis leteria yes incredible Formerly Hulk's very of... own <laughs> Incredible Hulk's very own, um, and some other good stuff. What else has Louis Leterrier done? He's done. He's done some good stuff. For me, it, Dark Crystal's the, the thing I think of him immediately when you mention his name. I think Dark Crystal Age Resistance because it was just, it was beautiful. Like it was so, so good for someone to realize that world who doesn't come from a puppet background and realize how you can shoot it so cinematically. And create a compelling, like, you know, near 10-hour freaking saga with these characters. 10 hours! So good. Uh, uh, I've, yeah, I need to watch more of it. I've only still only watched the first episode. You know, I've, I barely I barely asked my friend Warwick and um, and from Phil, like, who worked on it. So I've, I've barely asked them what it was like working with him. But now I'm like, now more than ever, I'm like, I just want to ask you, what was Louis Lettieri like? Was he good? Was he fun? Like, what's the crack? Because... The upside to him getting Bright 2, which means it's going to have a different visual language to the first one because it's not got a twat at the helm. Yeah. The downsides are it's Bright 2. And also the fact that they gave him Bright 2 means they are probably not making Dark Crystal Age Resistance Season 2. I will say this, though. Looking at his filmography, it is very up and down. True, but he's got a good visual eye. 
He's got a very Transporter. good visual eye. Transporter's a little Transporter. fun. That's fun. It's good. It's good, fun action movie. Unleashed, and haven't seen. Transporter 2, probably uh, probably the Transporter, but more. Um, <laughs> trans, I, well, I've trans, not seen Transmorter. it. Transmorter. Transmorter. Um, Incredible week. Hulk. Uh, <laughs> I got a thumbs up about Transporter 2. Uh, Incredible Hulk. Clash of the Titans. Not, not great, but more because it was stuck in the... More because it was stuck in the um, the 3D movie boom, and also was a remake. Of, remake of a film um, that didn't need to be remade. So yeah, uh, it's fine. Uh, now you see me, which is fine. Yeah, it's slick. It's a um, slick film. It's sli- yeah. it is slick. Uh, Grimsby. Ooh. Uh, but, but Mark Strong. But Mark Strong. Mm. Um, and then Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. So it's not. It's not a watertight back catalog, no, he's, he's, but he's not batting. He's not batting with a full deck of gems, um, but he's fucking he's better than David Ayres. I'll tell you that. Exactly. That's the thing. And there's no attitude. We don't hear his name and think, "Oh, that director is a bit of a twat." But we hear David Ayres. That and we're guy. Like, oh, that guy. The guy who went fuck Marvel at their film's premiere, and you're like, "Really? Hey, really, hey, dude? hey, come on, hey, hey, hey." Fuck Marvel. Yeah. Um, oh! By the way, our Disney check cleared, so we can keep shilling. Oh, good. That means we can talk about the next story. Oh. Um. <laughs> this is this is not this is not confirmed. This is this is a rumor that's been popping up all over the place over the last couple of days. Speculative. Disney. Yes. Disney. There. They're looking to reboot Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Well, that 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 was uh, first announced about a year ago that they had commissioned a sixth film and that it would be a franchise reboot and that they were not going to be bringing Johnny Depp back as a lead character. Uh, uh, and at the time, it was believed that it was possibly to do with the accusations of domestic abuse. Yeah. Um, although as time goes by, uh, and since a lot of that has now been... Uh, a lot of the accusations against him have been disproven. Uh, as time goes by, it's more clear that it's just a case of we think this franchise has legs, but he has been we in every to... single one, and yeah, people are to, bored of them. Get... But when we say we're going to reboot it, everyone goes, oh, cool, all right. And then when we mention he's not going to be in it, they go, no, it's not Pirates without him. And it's like, right, you, you either want him or you don't, viewers of this series. So we're going to make a decision and go ahead without him. What has come to light now, good sir? Well, the rumour is that they're going after Karen Gillan for the lead. Yes, sign me up. Let's do it. <laughs> she looks good as a pirate. So, We've seen it. We've seen her dressed as a pirate and she looks good. Yeah, yeah, of course. She, su- that, she suits that, that the hat out and, and all the, the curse of the black spot <clears throat> things. Uh, she suits the costume. Went out. Um, and this also, of course, has led that they might be doing Anne Bonny. Really? Of course, because uh, they, they have they have touched on real things in the Pirate series. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So, okay. Okay, I don't hate that. So, I don't hate that. I don't hate um, that. Whose, whose fate is still unknown. Yeah. Oh. Well, there you go. Um, perfect was, perfect was... material for a semi-supernatural pirate film. She she was captured with Calico Jack Rackham and Mary Reed mm-hmm. in 1720. Um, both her and Reed's executions were stayed because they were pregnant. And although Reed died in 1721, Anne Bonny's fate is still unknown. 
Well, there you go. She's obviously an immortal leading a crew of the damned or something. Or, or they could be doing red from the ride. Maybe. Ah, well, ah, ah. Because her her ride bit got updated, didn't it? It did. But, (laughs) do you want to hear the nerdiest piece of shit? So, there was a short Well, I'm on a Skype call to you, Christopher, so obviously I do. There was a short. Oh. There was a short film. Oh. All right. Oh, sorry, I was just blowing on the burn that I gave you. Oh, you swine! You swine! There was a short film. Let me find out what the <laughs> name of it is. Uh, um, Tales from the Code: Wedlocked. Uh, this was a short. This was a short film released. What was its original release? It was directed by James Ward Burkett. Uh, and it was released. Da, da, da. Uh, da, da, da. Sorry, I'm just checking to see what its first thing he was. Um. Oh, okay. So, uh, it was originally released with a special edition of On Stranger Tides. But in the end, you swine, licking my camera thing, you dirty boy. It was initially released uh, with with the DVD set of On Stranger Tides in the US, but it came out in a different packaging over here and mostly found its like foot in online. Um, but it's called Tales from the Code, um, Wedlocked, and it is about two characters who are involved in this brawler pirate bar, one of which is the redhead. Now, in this, the, of the of the rides, of ride fame and ride lore, um, in this, though, she's not a pirate, but she's also not a wench or a sex slave, like she was in the ride, or she is in the ride now in the pirate thing. But she is in well, the pirate we do bar, watch the redhead. she holds her own, and she screws everybody over and, like, fights people and stuff. So, in the pirate cinema canon, the redhead exists, and she is a badass who drinks pirates under the table. Well, there was a rumour going around that that was what they were doing the reboot based around, and then Karen, apparently they're eyeing Karen, Karen, Karen Gillen. Fucking hell. Karen Gillen for the lead. Pirates said a Karen Gillen. Um, <laughs> See, I'd, I'd, I'd just create... I just create a new character ultimately, like yeah, and, and do yeah. something unique. That's why Jack Sparrow was so like impressive when that first film rocked up because it was like it's a it's a film based on a theme park ride where basically you drift past pirates who are pillaging a village and then they set fire to it and then you leave and there's some skeleton imagery in there. They're making a film out of that. It's like yeah, and it's really yeah. really really good. And our supporting character is a really memorable performance by this bizarre actor who always turns in interesting performances. And our villain used to great. always turn in interesting performances. Yeah, what was what was the last Johnny Depp film you saw him in where you're like, oh god, that's really good? I think Black Mass for me. I didn't see Black Mass. Black Mass is really good. He's terrifying. Um, um he was. I thought he was Bulger. awful in all the pirate sequels. I don't hate him in two and three, but two and three are kind of. Two and three are sort of like the Matrix sequels. Yeah, they, maybe I'm just conflating that because they were kind of like, dull. They have their strengths and they yeah. have their weaknesses, but if you have a box set like day and watch one, two, and three, they make for a really fun trilogy to watch. But one is undisputably the best thing they've done with the property outside of the rides so far. So... Yeah, then again, I've not played the Pirates of the Caribbean levels on Kingdom Hearts 3 yet, so I might change my mind. Oh, this this wow. is Pirates. Sometimes the video game version is the best. I replayed LEGO Dimensions today on stream, and guess what? It's my favourite Twelfth Doctor story. Hey! Um, it's my favourite version of the Twelfth Doctor. 
It's funny you should mention both pillaging and video games in the same news item, Christopher. Really? Why is that? Because remember when we were... Remember when we were, I can't speak. God damn it! Um, remember when we were recording last week? Yeah. And Ubisoft. Ubisoft. We're talking about... Ubisoft. Oh, Ubisoft. Yeah. The new Assassin's Creed. Well, it's Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and it's now the Vikings are assassins. Yeah. Oh. And the assassins are Vikings, because that... What? <laughs> yeah, well, as Odyssey and Origins have now established, the, the beginnings of what becomes the Creed and the beginnings of what is the Templar, the Knights Templar, is rooted within, like, ancient history. So you can be like, yeah, the here's, here's, here it is at this stage of history. Here's what eventually will become the Creed and everything later is at the stage in history. So I get it. And I think the trailer, the trailer's, like, pretty much... Every kind of launch trailer from these companies, it's gorgeous. Like, it's so well animated. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of, like, pre-rendered stuff. Yeah. doesn't really give you any idea of plot, and the like only ha- really Assassin's Creed element in it is at the very end of the trailer. Yeah, I think, I think Halo kind of started it this way, didn't they? They were the first game to kind of really make a thing of, here's our TV spot slash trailer, it's going to be incredibly gorgeous and compelling as fuck, and it's, yeah, well, it's they nothing to do like... with the eventual product. But it's there yeah. to it's there to get you going. Oh, what's that about? And then keep following. They did a story. bunch of live action stuff, especially mm. for Halo Three. Yeah, um, and, and it's this is it's a gorgeous trailer, and it's this whole thing of showing like the Vikings are believed to be this, and then signs that that's not all they are, and you know is what the, the aristocracy in Britain is, and the, the monarchy, and actually it's a little bit like so it's sort of going. Oh look, you're going to be toppling the British are the bad guys again. Yeah, but... it's almost like we're historically <laughs> bastards. <laughs> uh, well, exactly. It's like it's it's it looks like it's going to be playing a lot with perception of this time in history and of the, of the, the sort of the people involved. So that is the thing that that's the thing that interests me. I don't play these games. I've not really enjoyed any of any of it that i have played and whenever i watch lucy play them my wife adores them ladies and gentlemen she loves assassin's creed games but every time i watch them i'm just i can see the cracks too much and it distracts me like yeah crazy. um i haven't played one since four keeks played a good i don't know if she finished it but she played a good chunk of origins yeah so yeah i should go back and play that maybe because oh, the, the sort of the strengths of the later ones based on what lucy tells me is the fact that they abandon sort of the history angle really like you learn about stuff but it it's less about a storyline of um, Abstergo and all that, and more about just like, hey, here's some cool. See, that shit. was the stuff I was interested in, and I Same. thought it was leading up to a modern day one of those. Same, I thought the path. And then was they just be, throw it. I thought the path was going to be throw that it out. and lead to a lead to one where it's primarily set in the modern day, and you delve into other bits of history along the way, like his side missions or whatever. So that then by the end, it's what was his name? Um, Desmond. His story Desmond. would have actually wrapped up. But White it, boy. Yeah, as it as it stands, the most consistent stretch of the game is the Ezio trilogy, which is the second game, Brotherhood and Revelations. Those are the three that stand out. Yeah. as like this works as a story and as a concept. This works here. It that is was first. when it went huge. Yeah, because the first one was a success. Yeah, and then two Revelations and Brotherhood would, but that's also during the period when a lot of the big publishers, including Ubisoft were pushing for annual iterations of all their big franchises. Yeah. And so you were just getting the same thing from each franchise year on year on year on year. Yeah. And I think that is what led to the sort of... Three more people down for that exact same reason. They were like, so it's in early America, 
but you spend the first like two hours with one character and then they're killed off and then you're their son for the rest of it like some kind of perverted red dead redemption and then um you just sort of do the same stuff and the only thing that made it stand out was the visual of the tomahawk like that was kind of it instead of the hidden blade it was a tomahawk and then black flag came along and that seems to be a big fave for a lot of people lucy included it Black is, Flag was the last one I played and I re- played and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, because it, it brings the nautical stuff in, like the yeah. explorative ang- angle of it is bigger. You're in like the Caribbean and stuff, aren't you? So you're, you're exploring different areas that you've not been to before. And this is cool. This has got different stuff in it. <clears throat> then Rogue's the spin-off, uh, which came out when Unity came out on the PS4. Rogue came out on the PS3. And that's basically just a glorified 12-hour DLC for Black Flag. Like, it's a new character really bad irish accent um and it's more of black flag so it's just if you like black flag here's more that's like cool unity comes out at the same time that's the one that's glitch filled as sin and is set during the um french, french revolution. revolution and it's the only one lucy has not finished um wow oh no that and number three she got bored of three and unity just glitched that much she went nope i'm done um, yeah, three was notoriously poorly received yeah. by nearly everyone, I think. But the Tomahawk, um, and then the next one was, I want to say Syndicate is the next one. It was Syndicate, yeah, yeah. The the Victorian London one, um, which was received well. Yeah, it was the first one. We had two lead characters, a male and a female, so you could kind of change around and have fun with it. After they had done that whole thing of. Oh, we can't have female player characters because you'd have to do twice as many animations. And then for this, Honest. and then for this, they just split it up. So it's like, well, yeah. both the main there are two main characters, and you flip between them. One's male, one's female. It's like, fine, that's hey, sure, cool, um, good. Then it was Origins. Yeah, it took a break after. Yeah, that. it was like two years, and then Origins with Bayak and Senu. Um. <clears throat> that's when it just starts getting more fantastical. Like, here's a boatload of stuff set in the land of the dead. Here's a shitload of stuff with the gods. Here's this, that, and the other. And then uh, here's some Final Fantasy thirteen tie-in content, including a Chubaco camel thing. Oh, a what, sorry? Was it, is it a Chubaco, what are they called? What are they? It's a Chocobo. Chocobo. It's Chocobo. Chocobo. Um, Chubaco sounds strangely sexual. Well, that's the thing. A Chocobo is, is what I like to do before I knock one out. Um... <laughs> so uh so there's that and then two years later again i want to no it was a year later it was odyssey because it was like oh my yeah, god they went back to the it, annualization, back to annualization. Yeah. <clears throat> odyssey ancient greece this time you are a male or female character you pick is it alexi and cassandra something like that yeah so everyone played as cassandra right yeah everyone played oh and the game came with a reversible <laughs> sleeve too so that the silhouette okay. the silhouette on the front was either a male silhouette or a female silhouette but here's the thing with that one we were talking about this as a video I'm putting together at the minute on a video game like um, pitch concept thing. I'm turning to a video. But uh, I talk about in that how if you can have a character where you can customise the gender uh, or customise you know, the, the, the voice based on gender and, and, and et cetera, et cetera, the appearance however you want, um, don't do it like Assassin's Creed Odyssey because it's so obviously... It's obvious how they cut the corner of having to do multiple character animations. The character animations are pretty much exactly the same for all conversations if you are male or female in terms of the movement, which means to minimise risk of it looking odd, they're really stilted and the camera just cuts between person and person like an older RPG. Yeah. So it's... Like Mass Effect. Like Mass Effect, exactly. And it (laughs) looks... When you get to those moments, it suddenly looks really cheap and stiff. It's really, really odd. 
Um, and Odyssey was the last one yeah. we got. About a year after Odyssey came out, they released like the maps where you can learn about ancient um, Greece and, and really go into the history of the place and everything. They did and that maybe, for Origins as well. And maybe learn the correct fucking pronunciations for things. Um, Hippocrates is Hippocrates. Um, oh, it's so, oh, don't. Every time they say name in it, I'm like, have we been saying it wrong? And then I look it up and I go, nope, they got it wrong. That's really weird. Why have they done that? And you realize it's because you have a French video game company working between France and Canada who have voice directors recording dialogue in the UK and France primarily. Do you know what I mean? It's like there is there is some cross, cross stuff there where they've decided on one thing and chose another. Maybe it's because in France they say Hippocrates instead of Hippocrates. But you're releasing it to the Western market and everyone's going, what the fuck is a Hippocrates? It's Hippocrates. It's Hippocrates anyway. Exactly. Heracles. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Heracles. So it's been, it's been it's been two years since Assassin's Creed. Odyssey was released on the shop. So yeah, it's... um. They've taken their time, but I think the announcement was pretty cool. It was a classy announcement. Cool trailer. Four-hour art stream with the artist um, painting this beautiful picture that slowly revealed what the world of it was. Um, Like, it was a cool way of revealing it. It it was nice to see Ubisoft going, we're going to do something a bit fun. Well, it's not like they've got any choice, really. Yeah, it's not like they can do a press conference. You know, this is probably stuff they were saving for E3, and they're like, fuck it, we've got it ready. Like, let's well, just put it out there now. Boss Logic, illustrate this picture. <laughs> On the back of this, you've got Microsoft sitting around and saying, oh yeah, that's going to be part of our Xbox Series X showings and we're going to start doing regular streams yeah. of Xbox Series X stuff. Yeah, it's the first so. game I've seen with, with the trailer to say Xbox Series X, PS5, PS4, Xbox One. It's like, yeah. oh God, well, there we go. We are approaching the next generation. So, folks, you can spend full price on a new console and, like, £70 on one game that you don't know if it's going to be good, but it's the only one available. Or, you can, all, or you can all wait to the January sales and spend a bit of cash after Christmas and know what two or three games available for the system are good. Um, Does anyone oh. here still play any launch games for a console? The answer is no. <laughs> Ocarina of Time doesn't count. Not Ocarina of Time. Breath of the Wild doesn't it- count because technically it's a, it's a Wii U game. Yes, it is. Like GTA Five. Oh, it's a great PS4 five game. A PS4 game. It's a PS3 game, motherfuckers. You're just playing it with extra cats. It also wasn't a launch title for PS4. Yeah, it was like about five, six months in, wasn't it? It was more, it was more, more over a year in. What? Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you're right because the PS4's release date was September 2013. It was quite a while. Mm, and I didn't open. Um, I, I pre-ordered mine because I had the disposable income at the time. And then didn't open it till February 2014. Yeah. Because um, we were slowly moving house. <laughs> and then once we've settled in and got a dog, we went, maybe maybe we'll wait till the dog isn't chewing things before we mm. put the expensive console into the TV unit that's on the floor. Mm. Uh, yeah. Which is um, why I don't have any launch titles. A couple of other, well, you're not missing much. Uh, a couple <laughs> of other little bits of video game news. Last of Us 2 got a new story trailer. For its release date, on it's out on June 19th. I think it's pretty interesting. I think it's a pretty interesting story trailer, like the way they presented it. You know, the same way that Assassin's Creed presented, like, uh, the announcement of Valhalla through a live painting. Um, Naughty Dog uh, presented the the new the new trailer for uh, Last of Us Part Two through a series of leaks <laughs> on the internet. Yeah, turns out, yeah. folks, all that rumor around the the crunch time of Uncharted Four at Naughty Dog is true because there are some. 
pissed ex-employees leaking yeah. the plot points for Last of Us Part 2. Oh, no, no. That, all the stuff is true about the crunch, but it, it wasn't ex-employees who leaked it. It was uh, it was a hack. Oh, but they're doing it in protest for the crunch? No, no. It's just a hack. Wow, so the crunch was speculative. Because remember, that was when it first came out. People were like, oh, no, there, there, pe- there are people inside the, the studio. Like, people were already well aware of the fact that Naughty Dog is a pretty intense place to work. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, did one of the famous quotes, wasn't it, for Uncharted 4, someone said that is the most crunch I've ever worked on any mm. project ever. And, yeah. and you could tell there were some problems because Uncharted 4 was basically like remade about a third of the way into its production. Yeah. Um, yeah, then Amy, Amy, Amy Hennig and, and the original cast were all like they left and were changed, and I'm just not sure what Alan Tudyk was meant to be in it. Yeah, I say. he was uh, Rafe, I think originally. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, Rafe, Rafe is yeah, from number so... four, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's that. Oh, so there's that. Yeah. That's coming because, out and... because Laura Bailey was cast as Nadine, and when she was originally cast, the character was uh, white South African. And it changed during the arrangement uh, of the production because remember she went on record afterwards as saying like I'm proud to be part of the Lost Legacy and, and Uncharted Four, but I will not be reprising the role of Nadine again if they ask me because they did not tell me that I would be playing a role of a black South African character. Yeah, when yeah. I should not be playing that part. That should be someone else playing that part. It was like, good yeah. on you. Also, it's that weird thing of her performance is really good. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, superb. But it's like, oh, wow, for no one to have told her until she saw her first images of Nadine during the Uncharted yeah. 4 stuff. <gasps> Mental. Yeah. Mental. That's that's, that's mad. Are, um, are Naughty Dog the bad guys? <laughs> Is it yes. happening? Oh, no. All, all the companies are bad guys. And uh, Mortal Kombat 11's getting a story DLC and Robocop's in it now. Um, <laughs> Excuse me? Baking powder? Sorry, uh, Mortal Kombat 11 is getting a story DLC and Robocop is in it now. Okay. And he's voiced by, I, Pete, he's voiced by, by Peter, Peter Weller. Yeah. <gasps> okay, I don't hate either of those things. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's good, because Mortal, um, Mortal Kombat's great, but there's only so many like towers you can do before you feel like the game is pounding you into the ground. So the fact they're doing a DLC is kind of nice. Yeah. But Robocop actually kind of... Who've, who've been the other DLC characters for this run? Spawn, the Joker, for MK11, uh, the Joker, yeah. Spawn, Terminator. T-800. Well, T-800. Let's, let's be honest, Carl from uh, yeah, Carl Termin- from Terminator, um, right. but not voiced by Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, um, no. Who else? Uh, Mortal Kombat 10 was the one with Jason and the Xenomorph and Predator and all that shit. Yeah, the, the uh, lineup that made you go, huh? Lineups <laughs> that make you go, huh? <laughs> Um, How is it that for Injustice they don't make you do that, but then the same company does it for their main title and you go, what the fuck? They just get all sorts of fucking weird crossover characters. So yeah, they're the guest characters. But Robocop um, feels at home there, I think. I think it's because he's of the same generation as Mortal Kombat. Is he Striker? <laughs> is he actually Striker? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. It's, I mean, it'd save on development, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, um, no, Striker's not in MK11, I don't think. Or is he? Robocop peels back in. Well, he is now. <laughs> because like, he's Robocop. But Robocop feels like he belongs in that same pop culture bubble as MK. Because he's from the same sort of era. So it's yeah. like, yeah, no, him, totally, him being in totally. this, I'm totally fine with this. This isn't Soul Calibur 4. 
with uh, Yoda and Darth Vader. Yeah. Or, oh, or, or Negan from Walking Dead in Tekken 7. Ah, yeah. That's odd, man. I was like, why really is he here? odd crossover characters. Injustice at least picks comic book characters. Like, yeah, Hell- sure. Hellboy and the, the Turtles were the great. Turtles and, a, and a couple Mortal Kombat characters for good measure. Who also... Yeah. Uh, uh, who's who doubles up? Sub-Zero doesn't double up. R- Ryan um, doubles up as Black Lightning. Ryan doubles up as Black Lightning. It's just like, yes, extra DC yeah. character. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. God, I love Injustice 2. I, th- I, I still I still think... I've not played MK11, but I've played MK10. I've played Tekken 7. I still think my favourite like current gen fighting game is Injustice 2. There's just something about it. It's yeah. smooth. smooth. I think it's got, a, it's got a better learning curve than a lot of fighting games as well, I think. Which apparently there is something that they... L- built on even more in mk11 like apparently the tutorials and such for that for that game are pretty pretty intense smart um just good just nice and the learning curve is curvy oh oh um right i've got a a really nice chunky email from charles that we can get our teeth into but before i do that have you got any more news cocker yeah, uh, this week I finished Mando Mando. Uh, oh, we got around to watching the end of Mandalorian. Are we going to talk about Mando Mando? Mando Mando. Mando Mando. Mando Mando. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? Minor spoilers for the finale of The Mandalorian, but don't worry, I'm not going to give too much detail anyway, because not much happens, and that's kind of the beauty of the show. Not much happens each week. It's really simple storytelling, and this is... The episodes one and two and episodes seven and eight are the only ones that are sort of a two-parter, like only ones where yeah. you have to watch the first one to fully enjoy the next one, I guess. Um, uh, you know, th- three, four, five, and six sort of are their own one-off adventures. But the cliffhanger of seven was wonderful. Oh, yeah. And then to follow it up with this. So <laughs> in this, in the shattered uh, remnants of the Empire that are out there five years after the, after the, the fall of the second Death Star, there are still moths. Oh yeah, and good God, Moff Gideon just immediately makes a point. Like you see him at the end of Episode Seven, and then he's the main antagonist for Episode Eight, and you're like, oh, oh, yeah. and they do that yeah. thing. They do that thing where you you can have when you cast nowadays, you can cast shorthand if there is an actor who is known for bringing a certain like type. Of, of intensity to oh yes yeah. and in, in the wake of Breaking Bad that is oh. absolutely Giancarlo Esposito Giancarlo Esposito good oh. god the moment yeah. he rocks up you are like Gus Frayne who like this guy <laughs> this guy I mean obviously he's not as layered as Gus because you know we got to know Gus and oh we also like, saw that Gus's layers the, <laughs> yeah, that, that, flashback, that flashback by the swimming pool is still one of the greatest scenes in that show um, by the other guy's swimming pool not not not. anyway not Walter we know swimming the one pool. you mean you know the one I mean not the bear I know the one the you plane. mean <laughs> the other one um, but immediately you're like oh this is the bad guy Werner Herzog was literally an appetizer this is the villain he's a middleman and, and he's really, really good. But he's also a moth. He's not a grand moth. So this is somebody who's like not trying to keep the Empire afloat. He's doing his thing in service of the Empire. So he's got his own style. He's got his own battalion of like, I think he had like six death troopers. And then the rest oh, yeah. of stormtroopers. That was a really striking image in episode seven when they rock up. Because the only stormtroopers we've seen have been like a small group. And they're all like dirty armor and everything. 
and then his lot rock up and they are clean and shining and you're like where have these fuckers been hiding oh my god there is more empire out there than we thought oh shit like his own tie fighter just just great carl weathers great taika watiti pulling double duty on the good job here as ig11 but also directing the finale um just so good like oh god gina carano pedro pascal uh, we got, you know, we get a bit of FaceTime. Like, th- they are, they are, they're so good. And and the puppeteers of Baby Yoda are so good. Like, the child is wonderful. And the conclusion of sort of the armourer and, and that angle is really good. And Also, she's a complete badass. She's such a bad, oh my god! <laughs> Six stormtroopers at close range, each wielding a laser rifle, and she's just got a wrench and some tongs. <laughs> and she wins. It's like, oh god. Fucking but, Mandalorian, um, man. Brilliant. Uh, uh, the, the bloody, the, like the barge to Hades, basically. Along yeah. the lava river with a with a um, you know a, a navigation droid like you would on a ship, and so it's a little R two style unit, and then they wake it up and it stands up and it's got like battle droid legs and arms. Yeah, and it starts uh... it starts punting them down the freaking lava river. It's a ferryman like, droids like oh this, this is, is so good. So good. Um, but the the two things that I love the most about the finale, um, above all else is the fact that um, it gives the show a direction, which makes yeah. me think, okay, this series was Western. Next series could absolutely be, like, um, you know, family adventure or road trip. Like, next series is finding a location, it's, it's a family from place to place. It's a family-friendly version. It's going to be a family-friendly version of Lone Wolf and Cub. Yes! Basically. Yes. But the other thing that I loved was my favourite scene in the whole show, and probably my favourite Star Wars-related scene um, of, of the Disney era, which was the opening scene of Episode Eight with the two speeder tro- uh, stormtroopers on the speeders. So good. Parked it's outside the so town. so good. One's got the child in a bag, and they're just waiting to get the old clear to go into the in, into the the back into the town and deliver the asset. And one's got it in the bag. The other one's like, can I see it? It's like, it doesn't match in the bag. It's like, yeah, but it might might not be breathing. You just want to see it. It's not important. I've got it in here. And they're just like, I mean, it makes you hate them because every now and again, they yeah. just keep like smacking the bag and you hear the child like whimper and you're like, ah, you bastard. But it's just like, we've never seen stormtroopers in, in a Star Wars thing on downtime. Yeah, there's little bits of them like gesticulating and talking in the background. Yeah, or, or, like, little or, like, snap- or like snippets of dialogue. Yeah, or like non-events but, in Rise of Skywalker, yeah. like the Knights of Ren. You're like, uh, like the, the best, the best use of it before this was probably the bit when Kylo's having a strop in Force Awakens. Yeah, and they just turn the around and go back see the, the destruction way. and just turn around. Yeah, <laughs> that's really good. Or the Daniel Craig one who slaps Finn on the ass in Last Jedi. That's the one. Oh no, that's not Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig's in the first one, isn't he? He's the, he's the one who, yeah, he's who the one who gets mind tricked by Ray. Who, yeah. who plays the one who slaps him on the ass? Because that's another guest performer. Uh, Can't remember now. Someone. I'm gonna look at. Ray I Craig. can't remember who the, who the guest it was. Who the guests uh, were in. Um, <laughs> in Last Jedi. I'll have a little look, but um, it's you know we've never seen him on downtime like this way, and it was just so much fun. Plus a a wonderful. 
wonderful throwaway gag of of them trying to shoot a can while <laughs> and bored missing it. and missing it. Oh my god! Just, just, oh, oh, wonderful! I'm gonna have to find out that stormtrooper is it the guns? It's a wall of credits. Are they just terrible shots? He's only oh. shaking the gun next to his ear to see if it's working right. Yeah, that was it's very good. Amazing! Like the first time in universe, they've kind of made a nod to stormtroopers are kind of shit at this because we on Star Wars Day, made a fourth with you. Uh, we we rewatched Star Wars. You know the 1977 motion picture. Star Wars. For some reason, the credits called it Episode Four: A New Hope, and there was this weird bit with a CGI Jabba and Greedo shot first. But anyway, um, McClunky. <laughs> well, we didn't watch the streamed version. We watched it on Blu-ray <laughs> just to avoid just to avoid the McClunky. Um, I don't want to get any McClunky. I don't want to get any McClunky in my eye. Um, good God! But we, uh, this is we, so fucking weird, man. It's just so odd. Hey, George, do you want us to make any more tweaks now that it's gone on digital? Yeah, I've got a few ideas. Uh, <laughs> it's really important. You know the scene where Greedo and Han are talk in the canteen or the Moss Eisley cantina. Yeah. Uh, and there's the, the, con- the confrontation where uh, shots are fired. Yeah. I want to make, I want to make it, I want to make a change. Something that I, I should have done a long time ago. Oh my God. George. Yeah, sure. We can absolutely, we can take Greedo shot out. We can do that. We, we have some of the original foot. Could you have Greedo say my clunky when he shoots first? Well, did I tell you the story behind that about why that's in the Disney Plus version? Why is that in the Disney Plus version? Um, it's well, it doesn't explain the change particularly, but the reason why it's different than the Blu-ray version is because yeah. they're using the master that they made for the 3D re-release that they never did. Right. Because you know when okay. when they re-released Episode One in 3D. Yeah, and we were all like, to... and we were all like, that's awesome. Can't wait for them to release four, five, and six in 3D. And then they they didn't release any others because it didn't but make they'd... enough money. <laughs> <laughs> but they'd already done the print for four. Yeah. So that was that's the version that's on Disney Plus. So why McClunky? <laughs> that's just the change that was made in the print for the 3D version. Maybe when he said McClunky, the word McClunky was going to Batman sixty six its way out of the screen and like hit people in the face through it's, the, it's, the dazzling 3D special effects. I think someone translated it, and it does make sense, but there's no subtitle for it. Yeah, which so... makes it stand out even more. It's... It's know. weird. Um, anyway, but, but, but anyway, in that, Ben Kenobi makes a big point of saying, like, uh, no, these shots are uh, these shots are too precise. Only Imperial stormtroopers could have done this. And then there's a few mentions in Mos Eisley of them being like, you know, deadly, like their shots being deadly. And there is no evidence in A New Hope to suggest that stormtroopers aren't completely capable. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone they're yeah. firing at is in close corridors and they're running and it's all. Do you know what I mean? A New Hope doesn't do anything to make them look stupid apart from the helmet clunk, which is edited out of the Blu-ray. It happens, but there's no sound effect. So they've yeah. gone in and removed the diegetic sound of a, of a helmet hitting the door, um, which sucks because we missed it. We were like, well, what, we'll look out for it and we'll take a drink. And we missed it because we weren't, like the, the thud wasn't there. Um, apart from that, in the first film, Stormtroopers are like, oh shit, Stormtroopers are here. Fuck, right, we need to go. Do you know what I mean? They, they feel scary. Yeah. And then... After that, they barely hit anything. So the fact that this episode of Mandalorian was like, maybe maybe the Stormtroopers aren't bad, guys. Maybe the blasters are just... They're not as good as they used to be. Maybe the maybe the weapons are just a bit shit. 
Or these guys it trying to shoot both? this cab. Or is it both? <laughs> exactly, because it plays it as like, these two are a bit dopey. Yeah, um, they're stupid. So I'm delighted to report that uh, as announced on May the 4th, two directors for the upcoming season yes. of, um, of The Mandalorian have been announced uh, because both posted on-set photos proving they'd already been hard at work on season yeah. two. I think has... season two's already been shot. Uh, yes, I think they're in post, uh, but yeah. it's it's a level of post that can be done from facilities by individuals. So I think yeah. they are still planning to release it in October of this year. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's going to be for UK territories or just the US territory. They've we'll no see. reason to not release it worldwide. <clears throat> Especially now, now we've got it. Because yeah. it's never been confirmed, but the speculation we had for why Disney Plus was so late in the UK was because of Sky's deal with Disney for like the Avengers films and stuff for Sky but movies. A lot of that stuff's still on now TV true but it might be on like a timer now there might be like a, a run out but at the same time yeah, yeah. it de- depends on the back catalogue I think I think they'll yeah. probably I think they'll have less of it because if you go on now TV there's always like you know seven of the MCU movies are always there as at least seven of them at one time yeah yeah it could go down to being like just two or three at a time so that Disney Plus is the oh you want the Marvel stuff come on over baby but the two directors, speaking of Marvel, uh, one of them is Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp's very own Peyton Reed. Hey. He posted a photo of his director's chair on May the 4th with the Mandalorian's helmet perched on the seat. Yeah. Um, he also, oh, big, big news. You know all the pop culture sites that are struggling for news. Big news this week. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It's been confirmed who Falcon was talking to in the Ant-Man film. Yeah. Yeah, it was Natasha. He talked he, when he when he quickly talked oh. back to base saying, "I'll deal with it." Oh. He's talking to Natasha. Big news! It's not. Someone just tweeted Peyton Reed. Always who? wondered who was he talking to. Peyton Reed just went, "Oh, Natasha." All right. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> Well, Robert Rodriguez cares about Star Wars. <laughs> he's gone on record before he's talking about Star Wars as one of the films that, like, Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back are the films that sort of, like, spurned him on as a kid to want to be a filmmaker. Robert Rodriguez, the, you know, the um, Mariachi trilogy and, and bloody, uh, you know, Dust Till Dawn, Sin City co-director and Machete and Elite Battle Angel, Spy Kids, Mother Truckers. Um, Robert Rodriguez has directed an episode of The Mandalorian, and he announced it by saying, I'm truly humbled to say I've now had the very rare privilege of directing the biggest star in the universe, and posted a photo of himself next to the child. So, yeah. Um, Holy crap. Peyton Reed and uh, Robert Rodriguez joined the lineup of directors for season two. Um, Yes. Which makes me happy, because the, the directors they had for this first season did phenomenal work. Um, including um, you know, um, uh, Rick. I always get his name wrong. Famuyiwa, uh, Deborah Chow, Taika Waititi, Bryce Dallas Howard, John Favreau, uh, your boy Dave Filoni of of all the Star Wars animated stuff directed a couple of episodes. Um, Carl Weathers is also apparently directing episode of the series too. Yeah, boy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which has me intrigued as to whether or not it'll be one with him in or not. But it seems like Maybe this is one of those projects where we got a stew like, going. <laughs> well, it seems like this this episode. It, he's so I'm so glad he stuck around in it for more than a couple episodes. Yeah. But um, uh, it seems like there's a bit of a family dynamic going on with the Mandalorian now. Of like, hey, do you wanna do you wanna have a stab at 
directing one of these? Yeah, sure, I'd love to. Like, hey, let's do it. Okay. And John Favreau, of course, is returning to uh, to direct episodes for season two as the co-creator of the show. So I can only imagine Dave Filoni's name being announced soon as well. If we could just give one to Patty Jenkins, then I'll be absolutely delighted, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Give one to Edgar Wright. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Yeah, well, he did He did cameo in, um, what do you call it, in Last Jedi. Yeah, who was he? Was he Stormtrooper? He's, he's one of the resistance fighters in the trenches on uh, Crate. Yes, it's, it's like him and Gareth Edwards, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Did we, did we get um, Rise of Skywalker on UK Disney Plus? Did we get it? I've not checked because I don't care. Fair enough. I, I was. I kind of. I kind of want to challenge myself to watch the sequel trilogy. So, but I'm not. I'm not buying either the Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker unless I can watch them on a service I've already paid for. Yep, there it is. Front page of the Disney Plus app. Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker. So that Disney Gallery episode one, The Mandalorian, is up now. So a behind-the-scenes roundtable discussion with the directors of season one. I think I'll be watching that. There's also another show that I really want to watch on Disney Plus. We're not sponsored, guys, but if Disney Plus would like to sponsor us, please do. Oh look, Star Wow! The Star Wars logo at the moment on like the scroll through featured programming is Ralph McQuarrie artwork from episode four. Uh-huh. That's gorgeous. Um Prop culture is now up, available to watch. It's like a warehouse that people who look after the props and hist- history of the Disney movies um, is now up. I'll be watching that. God, yes. Wow. Well, aren't you a lucky, lucky boy? <laughs> you can watch it too. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but I think you're going to get more out of it than I am. Well, maybe. Maybe. Um, I don't know. Still no solo, though, I notice. <laughs> I've wanted to revisit Solo because I, d- I didn't hate it. I just thought it was fine. I believe that is still on Now TV. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no, no. It is there now. Solo's on there now. There we go. I think it was always on there, wasn't it? Not initially, I don't think. Um, Resistance isn't like, on why? there, I've noticed. Resistance is now. Is it now? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Season, uh, season one, episodes one, two. Oh, God. One to 22. Uh, 21. So all of season one's on there. All of season one is now on there. They must have added it on May the 4th then. So basically every yeah. outstanding piece of Star Wars media they had access to on May the 4th, they went, there you go. Enjoy. So, uh, oh yeah, because um, Clone Wars is finished now. Yeah. They've done the last episode for it, so. It is done. And the Clone Wars film is on there, but no one needs to watch that. This god awful, man. It's really bad. I don't know if the original 2D series is on there. Actually, no, I think it is. I believe it is, yeah. Yeah, because it's because that's that's one of the few ones that is not canon, but they're like, yeah, sure, there you go. Actually, because it's, you know, it's brilliant. Because it's that's good. why there's a werewolf good. Jedi. That Shaggy's a Jedi. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. I'm I'm really curious now. Hang on. What are you may, curious may about? May the fourth be with you. I'm I'm curious as to so the Clone Wars movie is on there. Rebel Solo, Resistance is on there. Last Jedi, Empire of Dreams, the story of the Star Wars trilogy, the documentary, all the Star Wars Lego shorts, a bunch of Star Wars Lego, Forces of Destiny is on there. So if you want to watch an HD on a TV, you can, folks. Um, ah, see, I was wondering whether or not they got to the point of putting like droids and Ewoks on there, but I guess if it's not canon, they're not going to bother, are they? Well, no, because the Lego Star Wars stuff isn't canon. Yeah, but it's clearly that's clearly not canon. Whereas droids and Ewoks existed at a time where it 
kind of was. But I think that just, might be we just that didn't stuff say they're trying to sweep under the rug along with the holiday special. <sighs> I'm not even kidding. I will pay Disney Plus £4,000 a year <laughs> if they put that on there. If they put that on there, I'll be like, how do, how do I give you more money just to say thank you? How do I shot web from my dick? Um, let's. You're a, uh, you're a bad car. I'm a bad car. Um, let's do an email. Um, let's do a big old chunky email. Let's let's do a couple, but we got a big old chunky one from uh, Charlie, which is Char- another Charlie Mingus. Uh, Charlie Mingus, yeah, the jazz trumpeter. Charlie Chalk. Um. He's got a wacky beloved, way of walking. Beloved children's TV character, Charlie Chalk. Um, we've got a... <laughs> fuck me. Uh, <laughs> we've got a big Arnold, chunk email. you sat on my sandwiches. <laughs> we could get our teeth into... Um, it's another speculative one. Um, right. And <clears throat> the email email is titled Swark TDT. Sealed with a loving kiss, then thoroughly disinfected. Um, <laughs> then disinfected thoroughly, I should say. Uh, so well done. Um, he says, he says, Charlie says, he says, Charlie says, Charlie says, Ahoy, my big damn boys. How are you both faring? I miss you dearly and can't wait to be back in your warm mank embraces. Uh, we can't <laughs> wait to have you back, Charlie. Um, dirty boy, dirty boy. Oh, dirty boy. Um, inspired by your most recent episode when you talked about Matt finally having finished Buffet after the length of time it takes from birth to A-levels. Let that sink in. Yep. I yep. wanted to pose you a question. <laughs> you and the whole creative team of the original series have been contacted by Fox or WB or whoever it'd be. It'd probably be Disney at this point. Um, it turns out that the order for two additional series after series five back in the day was in fact an order for three additional series. <laughs> so don't worry about what kind of insane clerical error could have ended you all up in this situation. You're there now. Deal with it. <laughs> How would you go about storylining a new final series? To Buffy the Vampire Slayer, nearly 20 years on. Would you include plot lines from the comics or other extended media? If so, what and how? How have the characters changed and grown since we last saw them? Have all of them survived? I want one new big bad. Doesn't have to be the big bad for the season, but big enough to make an impact. I want a cast list for the new characters you want, plus those you plan on recasting from the old days. You have the reins, gentlemen. Now ride. Dirty bastard. Right, so. We miss you, Charles. Um, I do miss you, Charlie. Oh, my God. So it's, it's a se- an eighth season of Buffy. An eighth and final season. In, think think along the line. The thing that it reminds me of is, is the X-Files revival. Okay, yeah. So it's like, it's done, but... Oh, wait, no. There is more. Well, the X-Files was never done. And then they did bring it back, and then they made Mulder a 9-11 truther, and his new ally was Joel McHale playing a very a much more handsome Alex Jones-style character. And oh, I was dear. like, oh, God, was the X-Files bad all along? <laughs> but, then I've been, but then I've been watching it again, and I know it wasn't. It was just Chris Carter. This <laughs> fucking idiot. Um, so... <laughs> That seems to happen uh, with a lot of ninety shows. Like, yeah. wait a minute, was Lois and Clark terrible? Because Dean Cain's a fucking monster. Then you watch Lois and Clark, and you go, "No, this is great." And, and Clark and Superman are fucking wonderful in this. Yeah. Like, no, I guess he just became Dean a monster. He's a bad one. 
Um, he's a bad. He's a bad Kyle <clears throat> L. Um, I would hope that mm. all the original cast. Have we had any like tragic losses from the original cast that would be able to return? No, no. one's dead, are they? No. Uh, characters that aren't around anymore, like obviously include Anya. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, and Spike, but then again, Spike. We never. I don't no, think we saw. Is... I don't think we saw his ultimate fate. But then again, I've not read Angel season six. After the fall, so, it's called. After the fall, so I don't know. In the comics, he does come back. Is. Yeah, well, he's back. Spoiler alert: he's in Angel season five, and he yeah. does come back into the Buffy comics later. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and as far as I'm aware, sticks around to the end. Because mm. it was what twelve um, seasons in the end with the comics. Yeah, but the season twelve was only like a four issue mini. It was yeah. a short one. And it wrapped. It and up. now they've and now they've rebooted it. <laughs> Um, over at yeah, um, uh, no, it's, uh, I think it's Boom. Is it Boom? Yeah, it's Boom. I've got the first book over. Oh, okay. uh, Boom Studios. But the reboot is an Ultimate Comics style yeah, approach. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it, it's basically saying, hey everybody, we're not scrapping everything. That version exists. This is like the What If universe. Yeah, this is it's uh, set in high school, current day, and the likenesses of the actors are used. But it this isn't like. You updated know. for a new generation. Yeah, I think one one of the writers sort of said like, think of the wish, think of like the you know the alternate timeline from the wish. This is just like that. It's a different version of the universe where everything went different. Yeah. For example, Xander's one of the main cast members for like the first two arcs, and then is bitten and sired. And Xander's nice. one of the villains of the book. Nice. Um, and uh, like Willow is is, you know, uh, dealing with coming out, but is like no, she's gay from the off. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, Spike and Drusilla are big bads early in it. Um, yeah. Angel is much mentally much younger than he is. Like he's not like a dude who's sort of in his late twenties who's then lived for a couple hundred years as a vampire. Like he's only been a vampire for like I think about a hundred, and he's in his teens. And he isn't told to go to Sunnydale because like someone like Whistler is like, oh, you got to go there. The summit's going to happen. And you need to be there for it. Like he's investigating something else and it eventually leads him into the story because Angel starts as its own series and then they cross over in like the fourth Buffy arc. Um, so it's like Ultimate Spider-Man and Ultimate X-Men, basically. It's 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 pretty good. It is pretty, 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 okay. pretty okay. good. But um, what I would do is kind of what season 12 of the comics did. I would set it absolutely, because I don't know how season 12 ends, but I would take that into consideration or ignore it. So the comics are their own arc. See, I, I, would, I, would, I would ignore the comics. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, if you if you can make it work, make it work. But if you can't, yeah, ignore them. Don't worry about but, it. Fans would I've accept only... it as, here's, here's the TV continuity. Here's the continuity where that last series doesn't happen. Yeah, but I've only read the first arc of season eight, and then snippets of plot developments that happen as the series goes on. So yeah, so you know, like, who the, you know who the name of the big bad in season eight then. Uh, it's Amy, isn't it? No, no, but the the name of the like the the sort of because it's like a, it's almost like a super villain character. Oh, Twilight. Uh, yeah, I know, the, the Twilight's been mentioned, but yeah. I haven't seen the sort the, of the villain is Twilight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The villain of, of Buffy season eight, um, published in like 2007, is called Twilight. But um, then there's stuff like, there's stuff from the comics that I wouldn't necessarily use. Like, I don't want to do the whole world without magic thing. I don't want to do the Giles being killed and then resurrected in a teenage body. 
stuff yeah. that they do later well, on. You, like, hey, work for Heroes Reborn. Um, not that no, I have a problem <laughs> with any of that stuff. Like, I just don't want to use it. Yeah, you don't. You don't want that being there in the in the. I would. I would like to come back to this universe after twenty years and that's, explore well, well, that's how thing. it's changed. Yeah. I what I main, mainly mean when I say take from the comic books, like from from that, is you do a mini series. You don't do a twenty-two episode season. Uh, yeah, you okay. make it like a yeah. five episode event series. Each episode an hour. It's one story arc. Um, and you tell you tell a story the way the season eight comic does, where in episode one, you open in media res like things are already the way they are in a new different status quo. Familiar characters yeah. are here doing this. Other characters aren't there, and you're like why and someone mentioned someone mentioned someone it's like look we said we weren't going to talk about that and you're like why what happened and you just have to deal with it like it, it's 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 red it's red dwarf back to earth slash red dwarf series 10 like this is it's see, treat it as season nine yeah like other shit's happened between seven and this and and we come into it and it, it's got to be some kind of cataclysmic enough story to feel like a finale for these characters, even though we've been away from them for so long. So I think it can't be necessarily a, oh my God, the universe is going to end. Oh my God, hell's going to swallow earth kind of scenario. I think, I think it has to start like that. And then that get resolved halfway through and whatever it actually is, that is the denouement of it all is a personal stakes kind of thing that can be accessible. If you had only ever just watched these five episodes. It's got to basically be a five-hour TV movie that is accessible to new viewers, but is a absolute treat for people who watched the entire show back in the day. See, I I do a longer season. I do a, a more full season, uh, not necessarily a twenty-two episode season, but a longer season. Um, and because uh, I like the Monster of the Week episodes. Yeah, and I yeah, feel it's, it's, very... one the, it's one of the things you love about old X Files like, as well. Like, yeah, but well, even even yeah. when it only came back for six episodes, they managed to get a couple of Monster of the Week episodes in there. And yeah, what the Mulder and Scully meet the Wear Monster, yeah, is one of the best X Files episodes. Period. <laughs> um, like just hands down, and and not um because it had Darren Morgan writing it, who was a it wrote some of the great episodes from the original run, and it had um, oh, what's his bloody name as the guest star who was brilliant? Uh, Billy Reece Humhane. Darby, thank you, Reese Darby. Reese Darby is <laughs> the guest star who was fucking brilliant. Um, like that was, you know, but that was a monster of the week, not a myth arc episode. But I think Buffy ties its myth arc in with its monster of the week stuff so much yeah. more cleanly because yeah, oh, because well, the, early I on think... the, mon- the monster of the week is a is an allegory for about being a teenager yeah. about being a young person or later on uh, an allegory about being a sibling yeah. about responsibility about being the matriarch of the family like it's it, it that it, early on that's how it works and then later on like you say it's woven into the arc of each character's well, story also because don't forget joss whedon comes from a background of being a big comics nerd where mm. that stuff was developed yeah. before TV started doing it, really. Yeah. Um, because there's a, there's a reason so the... many shows that people have fallen in love with over the last 20 years are all like, oh, our inspiration was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Because Buffy sort of rewrote the rule book on what a 22-episode season of American television could be. Well, towards the end of 
the original run of the show, he was basically doing the X Men. Yeah, yeah, which is what he wanted to do all yeah. along. Like that's <laughs> why there's a bigger cast um, and more people um, with and abilities I I, and and the, the, yeah. the the soap opera drama starts to kick in more. And you can I would see con- tastes of it in season three and four, actually, can't you? Yeah, but I would continue on in that vein. Yeah. Um, what I would do is is have the big bad be a splinter slayer faction. Um, shit, because I was going to say, like, would your setting so, be like would be like an Xavier's school for the gifted, but like Buffy is essentially sort of taking inspiration from season eight. She's schooling potentials. Like she's in charge of what was the Watcher's job, and she's like, no, fuck that. So, like, so the, Slayer, the Slayers are going to run yeah. the Slayers, and we're going to look out for it. But then, of course, naturally, the enemy would be a different sect. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be so, the so, threat. Because they deal so, with demons and vampires all the fucking time. Like, that's that's an average Tuesday. But... So Buffy and the Scoobs would have spent the last 20 years, like, establishing a new network of Slayers and a, and a, a reformed uh, Watcher Council under... Uh, Giles and Dawn. Um, mm. Dawn being sort of like the first generation of these new Watchers. Yeah. Um, which are much more technically minded, much more um, act proactive, um, and less, you know, old man, old, old crusty manny. Um, <clears throat> I think you would, <laughs> over the last 20 years, you would have seen a, a bit of the supernatural creep more into normal life oh especially because like suddenly thousands of girls across the planet became super yeah. strong one day so i think i think i think you're at the point where it, not necessarily that the the masqueraders has been lifted <laughs> but it's it's all but people know everyone, there's more out there especially the people, internet's grown yeah people know there are vampires there's yeah. still misinformation and Myths and romanticization of vampire and demons, <coughs> but it's... oh my god, you could absolutely do a thing where somebody's a Stephanie Myers like author yeah. of, of vampire romance fiction, and there's this whole thing of like this is really insensitive. And there is, of course, a movement for vampire <laughs> and demon rights, yeah, which absolutely applies to some vampires and demons, but not necessarily the vampires and demons that are just bloodthirsty monsters that want to eat your flesh. Yeah. And possibly also your soul, or maybe just your soul. Shit. Um, rehab se- rehab so, center for vampires, like yeah. pe- people who've just been like immediately have been sired. They've been found and they've been sent to the center. So it's essentially like a an asylum for people who've recently been converted. I would bring like, so like I understand you're not. I understand that you're not uh, Jennifer anymore, but the demon that is piloting Jennifer needs to conform as a member of society. You can still be useful. We can I put would, you to would, work at night. <laughs> I would split up the original gang by having... Um, uh, Buffy is the sort of de facto leader, but sort mm. of heavy is the head that wears the crown leader yeah. of this... Leaning into that season new, seven thing. This Yeah. This Just a development of that. But she's old. You know, she's 20 years older. She's She's seen some shit. Yeah. Um, she's still a frontline fighter, but she's starting to get slow. Um, oh, deal with her mortality a bit more. Yeah, not because, you know, she'd only be, what, barely 40? 
just just like just in her forties, yeah. But she'll yeah. be battle scarred. She'll but, have she'll have punched. Yeah, her she'll way have through. been through so much. She'll, she's died three times at this point, or something stupid like that, or twice. Yeah. She's died twice already. Oh shit! Um, no, oh my god! You could have it so that between the series seasons, at some point there's been another died event again. where she has died and been brought back. And whenever someone tries to bring it up, they're like, "Look, no, like not. We're not talking about it." And not in yeah, a big overly dramatic way. Just in like a. Yeah, 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 like this is par for the course. Like, ignore it. Which she doesn't um, want to talk about it. It's a, it's an annoying time in her life, or rather, not life. Just don't bring it up. <laughs> I would have, I would have. You, you, have, you, you have a new potential character to be like, didn't she die three times? They're like, we don't talk about that one. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. what was what was Let that? It, go. it just keeps getting mentioned every now and again. Let it go. And <laughs> I'd have Xander running sort of infrastructure and. It's a similar so, to pub, season eight, public kind of. facing stuff. Yeah, so he's not 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 in the sort of not in the Nick Fury way that season eight plays with. <gasps> keep not in the, the eye patch. Of, keep yeah. The eye patch. I, think the eye the, I think by this point he's probably got a, he's probably got a false eye. Hasn't he? That's not in the not in the sort of militarized way, but sort of in the yeah. he's like move, maybe moved from construction into real estate, and he's using that to sort of funnel resources to yeah um, to the slayers. Um, He's yeah, able Giles them, he's able to get them a facility off book. Yeah, um, Giles and Dawn running the Watcher Council, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and the new well, not the Watcher Council anymore, more of the Watcher Network. With Giles being yeah. the sort of the old school and librarian style, and Dawn being the new sort of internet savvy. Um, <laughs> yeah, in, in Th- internet 30, savvy, 30, 38 year old down with the kids, Dawn. Well, yeah, but but that's the thing. Like, even Dawn will start to be getting out of touch by this point, so she'll have people under her yeah. who are doing who who are basically turning everything into oh my apps, God. and she doesn't get it. Is so that this... is that our in? Is our in a new character who's employed uh, sort by of, Dawn? A sort of a watcher intern who's employed by Dawn. Shit! There um, you go. The show's called Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but like this is our this is our eyes and ears into the world and how yeah. it is now. And you have that relationship of, of Dawn starting to realise why Giles was always so exasperated with the Scoobies the first time round. Mm-hmm. Because now she's nearing that sort of she's out of touch, but she's yeah. becoming out of touch faster than yeah. Giles did. <laughs> and Giles oh, is almost yeah. come... The intern's explaining the workings of an app or whatever. Dawn's like, I, you've completely lost me. And Giles goes, yeah. oh, but that's where we put it with this, that, the other. And the intern's like, yeah. And Dawn's like, like she's yeah, he's, he's gone full circle almost. Like he's yeah, he's, he's, he's got very... to, he's got to the point where he's like yeah, look because he's he done all those scenes where he's talking about like the importance of old archiving and books and keeping things in that solid state, and he's got to the point where he's like no fuck it, like I've 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 invested in the cloud, I own space, that is where I put all my stuff. It's better than a demon coming in here and burning everything down and getting rid of it. I've scanned every I've had twenty years, I've scanned every page, <laughs> like I have everything yeah. backed up. I've done I don't this. need these books. If these set on fire, I'm not going to shed a tear anymore because what's in them is more important than them. I've learned that yeah. now. I'm in my 60s. <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> my God, they go to his apartment for like the first time. Like they've not seen his new place and it's literally just like so minimal. Yeah. Like so minimal. Just like smart TV, tidy away wires, like, Alexa in every room a coaster like on a table like that's the most think, on the table because he's like i, I think he's I probably stuff <laughs> i think he's probably gone back to his sort of like, rock and rollery early days yeah like he's probably grown his hair out and got a big shaggy beard 
He's almost yeah. oh, a bit definitely beard. but not lazy. Definitely beard. Definitely <laughs> he's beard. He's just like so he's gone he's gone a bit hippie. He's gone a bit old hippie. Um and probably <laughs> spends a lot of ta- a lot more time drunk. Rippy. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> um <laughs> I for the main nice conflict evolution. the main conflict for me would come <laughs> from um so the slayer sort of um network will have stayed more or less underground for the last 20 years mm-hmm. but the main so the end of the of the season 1 season 1 the end of episode 1 would be everything being made public and then coming under scrutiny for like mm-hmm. what is what could be construed as acts of terrorism against citizens being vampires or vampire sympathizers yeah. And it would be a case of um that would have been orchestrated by a splinter faction of the Slayer um uh, the Slayer uh, network who want to use that, turn public sentiment against them and then use that to piggyback a, a power grab. Yeah. To try and get their claws on like administration and a hook into the government and sort of like we're the most powerful people on the planet. Why aren't we ruling? Why aren't we making the decisions? Uh, I think I know who the big bad is. In Who's the respect. big bad? Whoever's leading the Slayer faction is a Slayer. They're also a vampire because there are Ooh. more. There are more Slayers in the world now. So there would be vampire and Slayers. It, you, exactly, literal it, Slayers who are vampires. It used to be exactly. It used to be. That a vampire found a slayer, there was like the sort of unwritten law of you better kill them. Like you better ki- have you got them at your mercy? Kill them now. Like they're the slayer. Kill them. But that was when there was one, and every time they died, another activated and eventually took on the mantle. Yeah. Now they're around the place, so you know that the toughest vampire out there at some point has been like, I'm, I'm gonna find a slayer and I'm gonna beat the crap out of it. And we, we basically get some kind of twisted mirror version of the Buffy Angel story. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and do you know what I mean? So we can have that thing where a vampire takes a slayer, sires them, that eventually, like, someone's, someone's gone down where that vampire, because tragedy is interwoven throughout these the, the history of the characters in villain and good guy roles within the show as well. Yeah. Like, you, ha- you have a vamp- two vampires in coexistence and one was a slayer, and it's about that power, eventually that thing, something's got to happen where the vampire is gone, and the slayer who is now a vampire is like, this has to change. Like, I am changing this now. Like, I can do this. Um, because it means that you have that wonderful yeah. thing of, like, the vampire slayer is versing, like you said, the vampire slayer. Like, that's who you're yeah. going... Two vampire slayers, but both both sentences mean something completely different are going yeah. head to head. Because um, before, you killed the slayer and that's it. Now, there's more slayers. So more chances to try something they never tried before. Siring one. Like, yeah. it, this is, you know... and. I don't know. I just I like that idea. Um, no, no, that's a good idea. I like work? that. Does that work? Okay. Keep um, it. Keep it. Keep so it. Sort of a, a, a literal vampire who is a slayer. Yeah. And a bunch of rogue watchers. Um, Spike. Oh, go on. I'm yeah. gonna. Spike is is running the program to rehabilitate vampires. Ah, now that's gonna be a tough one because if we're ignoring the comics, he's not around. Um, because. No, he, He's, he's around in Angel. Angel. Angel ends on a cliffhanger of them all like yeah. facing the hordes of hell. Yeah. So how do we get around the fact he's he's there? They dealt with that. 
okay, but are we going to acknowledge <laughs> it in the show? Because if someone's only watched Buffy, they're going to be like, hang on, he died in the last episode. Why is he here? Yeah, but you're you've all you've got maybe, a lot maybe, of like maybe you lead to him. Maybe you lead to him. So he's in like episode four or five is when it introduces. Here's what Spike is currently yeah. doing. And... Or when when he when he's introducing he like he's 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 like running a a a, a group for these for these trying like really really debilitated vampires like a like an AA group. Yeah. Uh, or a VA group, Vampires Anonymous. Um, oh <gasps> shit! And I he's... just realised. Maybe yeah. Buffy and that don't even know he's out there. No, I think he's affiliated with the network. Yeah, but maybe they don't know it's Spike. <gasps> but one of them does, because that's a re- dramatic revelation you can play on. One of them is aware that it's him, and they've spoken yeah. with him. It'd be Willow. It'd be Willow. She, do you think she'd be the go-between? Yeah, because she'd be supporting them with magic. Yeah. Can we keep her, like, um, what's it? Like, a demon snake lady lover from another dimension from the comics, because that was such a fucking cool element. Uh, you can that have really some cool. sort like she, of weird... she, Her lover is on a different plane of magical existence and they commune yeah. through that. They're understand Because it's about her learning more about, you know, the, the way she connects to, like, everybody through the through the scythe in, um, yeah. in the last episode. And you realise, oh, there is a good route for her. She was terrified of addiction, but if she goes this way, she is going to learn to be the best she can be and the best for everyone. And the, yeah. way, to do, the way they dealt with that in the comics is she starts to... Her, her world starts to like kind of cross over massively with the stuff we don't see. And, yeah, um, I think love, there's definitely love fuels her education, not addiction. She's she's gone further and further into the study of of magic and is you know has gone beyond and seen things that no one else can. Yeah, um, <laughs> and it, you know is the is the is the leader of a massive coven. Yeah, that does all sorts of like white magic outreach and yeah. sort of under the cover arcane humanitarian aid yeah and yeah absolutely have her be in some sort of strange um elusive uh transcendental interdimensional relationship absolutely um maybe willow doesn't maybe willow doesn't fully manifest for everyone like it's almost like she's um, not on our plane of existence anymore i i would want to keep her. her grounded because I would want her, I want her to not have a, sort of seem like she's lost her humanity. Okay, yeah. Not that she ever would, I don't think. But I, I want her to keep her firmly tethered to Earth. Mm. And it's like, yeah, she wants to explore beyond the veil of the mortal, yeah. but also wants to use what she learns to help the people, and not True. just like magic for magic's sake, but magic for making the world a better place. She's very. Yeah, that's 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 absolutely the art angle she she's she going to go down in the in the last episode. It's like this yeah, is what you can she, be. The, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that makes and sense. And sort of spreading that out and sort of again bringing magic more into the public eye, but fighting against stereotypes and and bad actors in the terms of like black magic movements and dark covens. Um, yeah, because you you could absolutely do something with Amy if you wanted. Oh yeah, have a but have a in, be a, a, dark. in a world where we can't have Ethan Rain, unfortunately. Um, you could oh yeah, of course. You could absolutely do Amy and have something like that. Can at one point our characters have to hide out in a location somewhere else, a la Agents of Shield, and they're essentially their backup facility that's doing something else on the side is run by Andrew. 
Yeah. So we can have our Andrew fix, but Andrew Tom Lenk is basically in the Pat Oswalt role of Agents of Shield. Yeah. I think I think Andrew <laughs> would have remained part of the new Slayer network. Yeah. Like, but I think he would have joined Dawn in helping to establish the new watchers. Oh, for sure. But as part of like the the re- the show returning to do its thing after twenty years away, I think he would have to be an element that wasn't necessarily there immediately. No, 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 no. But was but like he's part hey, of the Hey, yeah. old fans who are sticking with this new series. We're ten episodes in. Motherfucking Andrew, ladies and gentlemen, there he is. And it's like, yay! So he has to be, he's detached, but he was absolutely part of what created it. And it means we get Tom Lenk at his best, which is like in these concentrated short bursts of the character where the character is mature, but still yeah. that, still that socially awkward part, idiot that we grew to love. He's part of the larger whole, but yeah, he's he's not a similar, uh, yeah, definitely. He, 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 um, he feels like he has to atone still. Like he feels like he has to do something right after killing his best friend. That's why I love the storyteller, because I love that last scene where it's like, Jesus, like he acts his balls off in that last scene. Yeah. Um, so it'd be nice yeah, to see yeah, that he's, he's turned good. that to something positive and is maybe he's like plan B. He's in charge of plan B when things go to shit. After they yeah. have a lot of like outed them and they're, they're, they've got to get out of there somewhere. Can Buffy Summers be named publicly in a way that means that everybody in their... Um, Everybody and their dad is like trying to sue her for stuff from people who were from Sunnydale. Because I love the idea of it being like, um, they're, they're pursuing her for like a fine for like $17,000 or something. It's like, why? Like, why? What's that for? And it's like, you stole and never returned a bazooka uh, when you were when you were 16 years of age uh, and used it at a train station. <laughs> And this is literally just minor property damage and some costs toward the uh, repair of the gun, but it's increased. Okay. So, it was, so it was like a hundred bucks, and now it's like seventeen grand or something stupid like that. It's like fuck, just you've got those weird minor stupid problems. Because when you're a teenager, you're dealing with all the stuff that the monsters were an allegory for. When you're an adult, it's bills, it's keeping on top of your money. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So like the, the things she did as a kid are now like basically the stuff she's having to pay for. And I think that's part of what Xander does in his job as sort of like helping to keep everything afloat. He would absolutely um, be their public relations dude. You're right. He oh, would. yeah, yeah. He would, because he would now be confident enough to be like, so, yeah, okay, like, let's get me on the morning talk show. Let's try and iron things out, make it work. He is, yeah, he is, he's he's sort of smoothed out his, um, his sort of awkwardness yeah. and become a bit more of a smooth talker. In his old, in his older age, in his in his middle age, I suppose. Um, <gasps> Shit! After everything's exposed, you can start to do that thing of right. So you killed this person, yes, because they thought they were they, because they were possessed by the spirits of this like hyena demon. Yeah. So you killed a man. Well, no, we killed the demon. Yeah, but it was, it was in that person, and you could get into that thing of like one one of them is like put on trial publicly for this kind of thing of like you killed a person. It's like, but they're not. It wasn't them anymore. It's like, you're saying you possibly could have like, turned them to a person. Well, I don't know, but that, do you know what I mean? You could get into the, the morality of like, because so many of the entities they face, especially in the first couple of seasons, if they're not physical monsters, are possessions or demonic inhabitants, like vampires. There's the whole argument that it's not the person anymore. It's something riding around in their dead body. But Spike yeah. and Angel have now proved that the soul can be returned Shit, you could do a whole episode where they get into the whole thing of the wider knowledge now that... So the soul is real. The soul yeah. is a real thing. And what does this mean? I, I mean, it'd, it'd, be, I too, think, it'd be too I, much for one season, but you could even graze... Have like a Hugo Strange-like character 
who really wants to get to the bottom of, of everything about Buffy. Like, someone who's higher up enough to actually fuck with their lifestyle and stop things from going smoothly. Who's like, you have died multiple times. You've mm-hmm. been somewhere else. I want to know what religion... Go religious fundamentalism. Have it be someone who's religious who's just, like, determined to be like, you disprove so much of, of what I believe in, and yet you confirm so much more of it. I want to know yeah. what's real. Someone who get like, but, but you know, I mean, you go strange is just like a template. Someone who's like, I will get inside your head. I want to know what the hell all of this is about. Um, and if you do I've a monster some... of the week, you better bring back Sid the dummy for an episode. Good God, yep. you better bring back Sid the dummy for an episode. Yeah, I've got some casting for you because they never destroyed the dummy. <laughs> I've got some casting for you. Um, go so the villainous uh, vampire slayer. Yeah. Uh, I want Shannon Woodward. Uh, rings a bell. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Um, she's in the first two seasons of Westworld. She's yes, also going to be in Last yeah. of Us Part Two. Um, yeah. Okay. For yeah. The the vampire that sired her. Yeah. I want Ty Burrell doing Sinister. Yes. Uh, playing yes. against Type and doing Sinister. God, he'd, um, be, he'd be brilliant. He'd be really good. I think so. I think so. Damn, yeah. Um. I want Jessica Henwick as one of the slayers, one of the the the, the good slayers, so to speak. Okay. Um, she uh, what, she's your lady from Doctor Sleep, right? No, Jessica no, Henwick. Rebecca, that's Rebecca uh, Ferguson, isn't it? Jessica Henwick is um, Iron Fist. Oh, Colin Wing. Colin Wing. Got you. I was thinking of Rebecca Ferguson for um, some reason. Uh. And God, Jessica Henwick oh. could be really good actually, because this would give her another chance to shine in a genre thing that's available on a network and not a streaming service. Yes. Um <laughs> sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> that was oh, beautiful. Mike, Mike is not doing much at the moment, is he? Let's get him in. Um uh, let's get him oh, in my- as the one of the sort of like uh police um, well, slash military well, uh, liaisons with the Slayer Network. Okay, okay. Do you know how we make that work? How do you make that work? He's a smooth motherfucker, right? Who's the previous smooth motherfucker in Buffy? It's D.B. Woodside as Principal Wood, who was alive. I completely forgot about Principal Wood. Now, now, now. D.B. Woodside, picture D.B. Woodside, picture Mike Coulter, and tell me that they could not be playing brothers. <laughs> And that's how they get the liaison with, like, uh, police or what have you. You have one, like, literally uses connection. This is how they're getting by. They're making it work. I, want to I don't see know. That's two... a hell of a retcon. Well, we don't know that Wood's an only child for sure. Oh, it could be stepbrother or something like that. Uh, eh, foster brother? Cousin. 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 Like, have, have a family and familial connection, but only because those two. Now you've said it, I want to see those two in a scene together because... Coulter reminds me so much of D.B. Woodside. And God, I th- that would be I think, fucking excellent, I think it's it? the tone of voice and the fact they're both about six foot seven. <laughs> yeah. Like, they would be, they would be yeah. a lot of fun. I, I like the idea, because D.B. Wood, we saw, we saw Principal Wood cool as a cucumber until we started to get into the Spike stuff and his mum. Yes. Now, the only way you could really introduce conflict for him now is if there was some kind of, of like, irritant force up against him and it has to be something that twists the knife a bit it's got to be sort of family's close to home for him of course with his mom it's explained 
But yeah, if it's someone else from the family, like that's that'd be someone who could get under his skin. Because I think I, I don't know about you, I think he and Buffy end up together. Or they've been together for a large portion of, of, of the time after the show. Well, Robin Wood? Yeah. No, she was. he was going to get together with uh, Faith. They do introduce that, don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I think that would be good for Faith as well. I don't know if Faith is still around. I think she might have gone down swinging by this point. Oh my but I God, think, could you imagine? I think, I think Robin Wood got mentions. together with Faith. Just throw away mentions in the first few episodes to Faith not being there anymore. Oh yeah. shit! And I think I think Robin Wood has had to, oh, has had to sort of bear bear the loss of his mother and the loss of his partner, wife, whatever they ended True. up being. So he wouldn't be around um, anymore, I suppose, would he? But we've got to get him in there somewhere. I oh, think he God. would be around because I think he'd still be fighting the good fight, but I think he'd be carrying a lot of tragedy. Oh no, I'd flip it because I don't want to fridge Faith. Then again, you don't have to fridge her because we could eventually show what's really happening. Maybe she is part of something further afield or... No, because like... I, I like the idea he sort of helped Faith curb her worst impulses, but then she's lost him. But she's managing to keep on the straight and narrow because of the memory of him. Mm. And then, but that also means that Mike Coulter's character has a... He is working with the Slayer Network, but he has a strained relationship because he lost his foster brother, stepbrother, whatever. Um, mm. That's what I'd do. It's something like that. Um, and get D.B. Woodside back for some flashback stuff uh, because he's fucking great. Um, mm. then, again, then again, though, I kind of like the idea of finding out that Faith and Wood have been doing their own thing. And we eventually catch up to them. Oh, maybe she's like she she's uh yeah, so maybe she faked her death to go underground. Yeah, and the two of them are Actually the Slayer Network are already underground, so how much she well, wanna go well, under underground? Well that's true, but it depends on what they're doing. Like yeah, they, they might already have a lead on something or other that took them away and it's been like ten years since everyone else has seen them and it, it's something they've had to have gone like shit deep undercover with like really deep undercover to do because hmm. do faith would be that kind she would be that kind of person where she's like right if i can't go in guns blazing then we're gonna do it your way how do you want to go about it and he's like we have to be the polar opposite of that do you know what i mean and it shows you how much she's changed as well because like he has she's always wanted to be the best at this like she's sort of wanted a normal life but she's resigned to the idea that that's never gonna happen now that everyone's not normal there are slayers everywhere Part of her still yeah. is impetuous enough that she wants to stand out, and her way of standing out is by completely disappearing and doing something like so unfaith like. In a world where people are suddenly aware that a load of girls randomly became superpowered one day. Because yeah. presumably, as well, since that day, because that was the thing, anyone who could be a slayer is a slayer. So that means people born since. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So maybe. Um, I don't know, some that started to affect that, or... I don't know. I just like the idea of finding out that Faith and Wood have been doing their own thing. Um, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Are you taking more people from the MCU? No, no. I want a... <laughs> I want a Dark Coven. Oh. And I want it to be... Um, 
one of which is a former student of Willow's okay. that has fallen to um the dark side, yeah. I should say. Um when Willow eventually confronts her, can she keep calling Willow strawberries? Just because she knows no. it's gonna f- just because she knows no. it's gonna fucking annoy her. I fucking hated that. I hate it so much. Exactly. Um, so if they did it, you'd be like, oh get them, Willow. <laughs> Kick um, their ass, Willow. <laughs> no um, I want to get Pearl Mackie in there as part of this dark coven I want to get okay. um, Michelle Gomez on it oh god she's got to be in there but I I don't know but I, then I, she is in she wanna, is in yeah, she's Sabrina, Sabrina as, as Satan so oh, damn it. What, what if she played what again you do against type give her a suit like a super full on good guy role somewhere in the series yeah like where she's just um, like the loveliest cat. Like lean more into, lean more into the uh, the 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 quirky professory kind of character for her. Yeah, maybe. In, instead of instead of the devilish villain, because we know she can do villain, um, and that way it would be a surprise because people would be like, "Oh, I thought she'd be playing a baddie," and instead she's like this, you know, this nanny McPhee style, like really oddball, good guy character. Okay, sure, like that's different. Um, um, but let's get. Um, mm. after seeing her in full fucking scenery chewing bad vil- uh, crazy villain mode I want An- Angie Mahindra to be oh lovely Ange Angely yeah. uh, to be the 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 crazy bad witch who lured one of Willow's students away oh shit yeah because she did really what, what was it what was the character was it the Scythra the, yeah yeah I want her to do more yeah. scenery chewing stuff but without all the makeup and yeah, just be crazy be evil. Um, she 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 would she would absolutely nail that actually. So I, I want to get a couple of Doctor Who alumni in there as uh Of course because that's Dark that, Witches. That's the show that owes um like the, the biggest of Doctor debt Who owes to, the biggest debt to Buffy. To Buffy, really? Yeah. Um <clears throat> I'm just looking to see if there's any people who I really enjoyed in that that I uh, would want to put in Buffy somewhere. Um Think. Sorry, what? But yeah, I think um, I'd like to get a couple of the witches there. That's I think that's a good shout. Um, I'm just trying to think of some other people. I want to get some more of those witches. <laughs> yeah, you know what I think? Witches. Um. <laughs> I'd, I want to put Jeffrey Wright in it somewhere, but that's because I've just finished season three of Westworld and I just want to put Jeffrey Wright in everything. Understandable. Because um, he's so fucking good. <laughs> uh, everyone's great in that show. Like, fucking the season that's just gone, you're fucking Evan Rachel Wood, uh, Tandy Newton, fucking Vincent Cassell, uh, Aaron Paul, Jeffrey Wright, Luke Hemsworth, just firing on all cylinders all the way down. I'm like, fuck, fucking Tessa Thompson. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's been so good. Um, I can't just put them all in this because that's a bad. Um, because that's a bad. You're that's adorable. a bad. That's just taking the cast of one show and putting them in another. Um, it's not always the worst thing. Sometimes it's that not works always out for the, the worst thing. Uh, it does work out for the best. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's where I'd go with it. That's where I'd go with it. It being a. Uh, a grab for power, a grab for power, 
by a faction of the Slayer Network that ends up turning the public against the newly um, exposed Slayers. And they're sort of fighting off public opinion and trying to make a case for their existence. Why did some demon... I think there needs to be a degree of working out that you can coexist with some demons. Yeah. Like, it's not black and white. There are demons that can integrate and... I'm not even integrate because that that sort of conjures up sort of uh, bad connotations in the terms of like forced immigration and, and people being transplanted from like it's the kind of thing you'd say about uh, people of uh, African descent who are descended from slaves that they've got to integrate into white. I, that's I don't want to get into that. That's not yeah. what I'm trying to do. It's more about learning to share. Yeah. the world that you have rather than um be like possessive of it to the point of murder um yeah. and i think i think there's room to do that um but also know that there are some things that need to be fought there are some darks that need to be fought and maybe i think part of spike's big role in it would be helping the vampires and the demons to realize that they're not born evil yeah. That there yeah. is a way forward. Um and sort of so almost it become it goes from being the Slayer Network having a splinter group group that discredits them so they can make a bid for power to it becoming about Buffy and the and the and the good quote unquote portion of the Slayer Network trying to work towards a world that doesn't necessarily need Slayers at all. Yeah. Damn, um yeah. <laughs> so that's how I'd end. That's how I'd do a, a a eighth and final season of Buffy. Okay. Jesus, that is. <laughs> Can we see this? Can we see this now? Me make see now. Me make want see now. Me make now. Me make now. Uh, make hello Disney. Now. Hello and, uh, Disney. Detnor, Detnor, you on Buffy? Detnor. Do you have any more any more thoughts on on a on an eighth and final Buffy season? I just want to see this one to be honest. I just, <laughs> I just, I just want it. I want it in my mouth. I want it now. I want it in my mouth. I want it now. Um, oh, and also we'd have to get some Doug Jones creatures in there. Oh God, yeah. Actually, I'll tell you what. Any specific returning uh, monsters or villains you'd want to see in there somewhere? The Nile. The Gnarl's dead, Matt. The Gnarl is dead. But what as about, much as you what, love it, it's he, dead. The Gnarl is, is the dead. Only, is he the only Gnarl? Probably. Like, you can't, okay. you can't, it's like the Weeping Angel. You can't have multiple Gnarls, because that's not as interesting as one creepy Gnarl. Fair. Although, although, the gnarl, fair. although the, there is a series, one episode of Angel, another one with the... Oh, I can't remember which one now, but there's one where the Gnarl's first appearance, technically, in that universe, is as an illustration in a book and an episode of Angel about two years uh, before okay. it appears in Buffy. So maybe there is more than one, but I don't know. I don't know. I because mm. uh, the temptation for me would be to bring back older recurring villains, like you know what I mean. You find a way to get like a Drusilla flashback in there and and things like that. But maybe it's an excuse to do more creature featurey stuff with the budgets they could get away with now. Like imagine, imagine having to face like a Hellmouth outbreak now with the budget you could. 
yeah. more into it. Yeah. Because those those initial puppets look great, and it does it serves its purpose in series one and in um, the Zeppo. Like it absolutely serves its purpose. But imagine now if like all that just like horrible writhing, like fleshy tendril stuff is just like climbing out of yes. a hole in the ground. And, I know. think I think I think it's less that I'd like to see specific things return. And more apart, that apart I'd from like... Sid the Dummy, obviously. Apart from Sid, Sid the Dummy. dummy. Obvs. I'm not even joking about um, that. I want more no, Sid no. The Sid the Dummy needs to be a regular member of the Slayer Network. Um, it needs to be one of their key operatives. He's their covert operative. Yeah, because they literally because smuggle a... him in in suitcases. Do you think? Do you think that he takes? Do you think that he changes his appearance to be different dolls slash toys? I as think, the mission I, dictates. I think he's able to. I think he's able to temporarily transfer his soul into another item for a small period of time because part of his so curse is part of his curse is, is that he's stuck in the dummy and he, he has infiltrates. he has moved on he has moved on to to heaven but like someone could have brought him back it's possible like chaos bleeds prove that he's not he's not you know it's, it's it's not impossible to bring him back do you think willow might have encountered him on a on a transcendental travels maybe through through maybe. the uh, through the realms of um of dimensional planes Maybe. um i reckon so what was the what was the demon i'm thinking of series one because there's so much like 90 stuff you could play around with what was the um the irobot eugene creature Cause it was, like, i, I like want to say android. it was moloch but i don't moloch, think it was you're right was it moloch the demon moloch onto the internet where he becomes a sentient malware and gains a cult following yeah we could do some more with moloch you could absolutely do more with that, like give it a different body or make it a make it a, an online virus. Yeah, like the internet in 1997 is very different from the internet now. It ain't that the truth? So you could do um, more with that, and I like the idea that it's 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 coming back for Willow, and she's like, right, there are multiple reasons why I'm not interested. There are, there, in you. There, there are there many, are several reasons here. why I'm not uh, interested in you now, my friend. Um, <clears throat> do you bring back Oz? Possibly. I think the, pro- the the problem with doing all this is you end up bringing back everybody. Yeah. So I think you need to stick to your Series 7 survivors if you're going to have people around. I think maybe have like a little cameo from him of like when everything becomes more public, that he's like a werewolf spokesperson and such. Yeah. Or, 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 yes. or a leader in the... Uh, not necessarily the lycanthrope, but the... the He's opened like an institute that takes care of yeah. people for that, and is able to help them quell it. Like, like it's it's almost like they've got a, it's like a hotel equipped for werewolves. So the idea uh, is that like you a hotel for in, dog people. Yeah, you you put yourself in on your lunar cycle. You are locked in your cell. You are fed. You are looked after, and then you are released afterwards, and all this stuff. Werewolf rights. No. Hashtag Sit down therapy rights. groups and such. Um, um. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I don't want I necessarily want to see. A, bun- a bunch of returning creatures, but I want to see them do more non-bipedal uh, humanoid stuff. Yeah. Well, you're also because gonna have, have you're also gonna have it. have stupid teenagers getting a hold of like demonic um, texts through yeah. through online archiving. So yeah, there's like, going to be a lot more fires to put out now in the world. Maybe there's been a hack of the Watcher archives. Yeah. And a bunch of the uh, um, grimoires and demonology texts have gotten out into the wild and people are doing stupid shit you, with them you could flat out 
do a cabin in the woods style kind of episode where just like you bring back a shitload of demons from across the series history in one episode where like one kid has just fucked around with the stuff maybe he's like oh my god he's developed a um what's the soft what's like the software thing you do where you coding he's done coding and he's developed a a, a software a cycle thing that puts through literally like microsoft sam and it just reads aloud about a bunch of incantations because like the first couple are like ones that will get him wealth and power or something like that and he's like yeah i'm just gonna yeah. set it off and it's gonna translate it and read it out and then literally the computer crashes like it has a moment where it freezes and he can't move the fucking mouse yeah you know you know, and your computer just stops but like if you listen to a video music it's still playing you're like oh for god's sake and you can't turn it off because you can't do anything that happens and it it like reads like the next sort of 40 passages of the various things and summons a boatload of demons so he, he can do it in like his high school library do you know what i mean because he's not got a laptop at home that yeah <gasps> he's not gonna la- here's a monster of the week one for you he's not got his own stuff like his family aren't doing too well he you know he's like oh my god but i found this thing and if it works we're gonna get wealth and power and then it freezes and it just keeps trying stuff so basically they're having to go into the school building to get to this computer, turn it off, and and deal with it. But along the way, you're encountering like um, the Kinderstod, and yeah, like, and like you know, a lone gentleman, and uh, you know, just just like a shitload of stuff is coming out at the, the big, the big bloody snake thing from series two, the sorority one, and like. Do you, do you know what I mean? Just like every kind of like throwaway, but throwaway but visually interesting monster you can get away with remaking for a one-off. Just so it's like, so if, if anyone's watching for the first time, just sees it as, oh my god, look at these interesting monsters. But everyone who's watched the show goes, um, holy shit, it's a who's who of obscure creatures from the show. This is great. Request: Can yes. this misguided teen be played by Gaten Matarazzo from Stranger Things? Yes. Yes. A thousand <laughs> times yes. <laughs> oh my god, that's... there's your, there's you said that's how you get Sid the dummy back. It's a self-contained chaos bleeds because like he gets brought back or whatever and, and and put in a in a thing and it's like what the hell? And he's like ah, I was in heaven, motorboating some movies. <laughs> uh, what's, what's happening? It's like oh shit. Uh, well basically like we got to get to this kid. He's like give me a knife. <laughs> I like what you <laughs> did go. there. <laughs> Let's go. That could be a two. Um, that, could be a, that could be a two-parter in the middle of the series. Like, oh, we're, <laughs> we're going to have a viewer slump, right? Monster fest. <laughs> like, here Let's you do go. it. Come on it's in. The, <laughs> it's the sweeps week episode. Um, you want to see the judge again? Fuck it. Here's the judge. <laughs> like, in he comes. <laughs> Robot um, Buffy, that's not a demon. Fuck it. It's here anyway. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Go. Why not? We'll do some. Uh, <gasps> we'll do some <gasps> digital de-aging on uh, on um, Sarah Michelle Gellar and bring back the Buffy bot. Oh my god! 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 Because obviously, yes. if you've got someone, you, you could send a couple characters in. You've got the ones who are a bit more trigger happy because they're just like we d- we don't need to necessarily put every genie back in its bottle. We just need to kill them or keep them at bay long enough to get to this thing and reverse it. Like all they've got to do is like literally reverse the program, or whatever, and that'll get rid of them. So you have this like throwaway sequence of them just storming through the the, the corridors of the school building, and and you've obviously got someone like Spike who doesn't give a shit really. It's like I've not been violent for a very long time, 
because I don't want to be. But these things are monsters, mm. and that used to be the way I blew off steam. So cool. I just love the idea of them like storming through. The music room is just blasting like crazy. Mm-hmm. And you've got like Sweet is there, and some of the characters immediately start bursting into song, and whoever just takes the biggest weapon they've got points it at Sweet and shoots him in the fucking face. <laughs> so he knocks down. The musical stops for a moment. It's like, we, we good? Okay. And then you just keep going. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there you go, everyone. There's your throwaway to once more feeling. There it is. You, you know like you know that Hinton Battle would be like, look, I won't put the makeup on, but if you want me to voice him, I'll do it. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll absolutely do it. Um, <laughs> just a who's who. Just a who's I don't think who. We, I don't think we can top that. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be fun. Like, it sounds like Finale. No, Finale's got to have those emotional stakes you've been setting up for your, for your arc. But stick that in the middle, and I'm a happy boy. That could be your that could be your X-Files, um, Mulder and Scully yeah. versus the 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 monster the boogle fuck or whatever it's called yeah <laughs> this is yeah Mulder, Mulder and scully versus the googleplex um let's let's call it a show let's call it a goddamn that's it we managed to get two hours out of two months into the lockdown i'm impressed i'm i'm going to call that a success i think that's a rip roaring you say um son. thanks charles as always for your thought-provoking and uh wonderful emails uh, we could probably get a whole show out of one of your emails one of these days. Uh, we basically just did. Uh, so, <laughs> it's almost like you're a guest, but not quite. You're here in spirit. Um, like that Shel Silverstein poem. <laughs> almost, but not quite. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, and non-binary folk, Thank you for listening to this episode of the Big Damn Cast. Uh, we've been your hosts. As always, follow us on Twitter at Big Damn Cast for updates and what's going on. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Big Damn Stream for streams. And of course, Twitch.tv forward slash official CBJ for Chris's more regular streams. Because he's all over this right now. It's like um, I have nothing else to do. <laughs> yes. I was going to stream out some Minecraft today and then I went on and you were already streaming. So I was like, mm, better not. Uh, so I'm going to try and I'm going to try and fit that around your schedule when I can. Uh, so yeah, that's that's been a show. Thank you. Really you big show. Email, really big show. You want to send in any more <laughs> uh, missives? You can do at bigdamncontact at gmail.com. That's um, bigdamncontact at gmail.com. But yeah, thank Sorry you, repeat folks. Because people like you know might have they might they might have farted at that moment. Yeah, well, I very nearly did. Uh, <laughs> I've been doing it throughout the entire recording. <laughs> I've got some gases building up in my belly because I've had four cans of Pepsi. Um, oh, <laughs> not during the show, not during no, the recording, no, just no, no. over the last few hours. Um, but yes, be well, take care of each other. Don't do anything fucking stupid. And follow the one-way signs in supermarkets. Uh, I've been Matt. Chris has I been, have been fiddling person. with his fringe. Yeah, I'm chewing my fringe, uh, but ultimately I'm also um, chewing my. I'm just chewing my fringe. This is this is where we are, folks. We're at this point of the lockdown. I'm eating my own hair. It's that long. Yes. Look at them bangs. Look at them. Bangs, and with son. that, we shall bid you adieu. Goodbye, people. Goodbye, good folk. Hashtag bring back Sid the dummy. Sit the dummy thick! Change the odd for such a dummy.